Hello, and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 80. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. And also... Hello, I'm your guest host, Ty Robertson. Yeah, Ty's here. He, uh, he was on one episode once, he filled in for James, and I think it was a fun episode where we talked about some Godzilla lore that turned out to be fake, but it was pretty fun. And <laughs> uh, he's also... One of the co-hosts on the show, we also do Up To It, Down To It. So we got the three of us here, and this episode is a special one because, one, it was originally supposed to be our final December 2020 episode. Instead, now it is our premiere 2021 episode, and it is about The Mandalorian Season 2. So we're going to go all in on spoilers. So, of course, if you haven't seen the show yet, which I don't even know if you've survived spoilers on social media, like that's impossible at this point. Yeah, but, especially for that last episode. It was nuts. Yeah, it was all over the place very, very quickly. But uh, yeah, if you haven't, check it out and then come back here because we're pretty much just going to be going all in on the uh, eight episodes that we watched this year. And of course, this is Sutra Side Talk. This is a podcast where we talk about uh, gaming, movie, and TV news, usually select news we go in depth on as well as uh, what we've been playing and watching. But yeah, today is just all about Mandalorian Season 2, so no news, no anything else, just this. And I guess, guys, to start this off, I just want to say that this is probably the worst show I've ever seen, and it reminds me why The Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars film. Oh boy. I, th- um, I think I just hate all Star Wars now. Yeah, I think I, yeah, yeah, right? No, I'm just kidding. Of course, that no, I mean, is... that's honestly <laughs> true. I feel like... I have to like put myself in a special head head space to watch this show because otherwise I'll get like too cynical. Because that's just how I get <laughs> nowadays watching Star Wars. Yeah, we'll we'll do our best to maintain just being in this season and not get into the rest of the Disney Star Wars fun times, especially the movies. But uh, I guess let's go. We'll go episode by episode. And starting off was episode one, guys, which we had uh, Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth, who was that dude with the Boba Fett armor, and he was like the sheriff oh, of that yeah. town. I forgot yeah. that was that was literally the first episode that he got the uh, Boba Fett armor. Yeah, because that that episode happened. I didn't see it immediately. And James, I remember you were like, "You won't believe what's in this," and I'm like, "What?" And you just straight up you go, "There's a great dragon," and I'm like, what? "Why would you tell me that?" And you're like, "It's not even the biggest spoiler," and I'm like. What else could they possibly put in this that would actually make me like lose my mind? And then I, yeah. I found out, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" But guys, how how did you feel about that kind of, I guess, tease where you're like, "Oh, it's Boba Fett," and then it turns out to be Cobb Vanth, and you're like, "Oh, okay, so he's probably dead." Like before we get our reveal at the end, how are you feeling yeah. so far? I kind of loved his reveal where he walks in in the armor and you can tell like it doesn't look I mean it's his armor but it doesn't look like the right guy and it's not he takes his helmet off and it's just like what is it Vance or whatever and I was just like oh interesting he just has Boba Fett's armor how does that happen and they they kind of I don't think they ever explain where he got it he just like bought it off of some Jawas or something yeah he yeah, yeah he pretty much bought it well, it's yeah. funny because they like kind of allude to like the um, uh, because c- the 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 cave that the crate dragon lives in is um, a uh, what it used to be like the home of a sarlacc. 
Yeah. And, and like, that's the region that he got lost in. So I guess the implication is like, oh, that's the, like at some point, like the Sarlacc, oh. like, you know, probably just like vomited up his armor or something or, or I he never lost even, it. Yeah. I never even made that connection because we've seen throughout the season that uh, real Beskar armor is like, or Beskar, forged Beskar is like indestructible. Yeah. So it would make sense that the crate dragon, if it ate his armor, would just like spit it out at some point. Yeah. Or just would come out at some point unfazed. <laughs> and I like that they don't say that directly. It's just kind of implied, like by just the mention. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I can buy it. Sure. Oh, that's clever. Because I I definitely remember that line where it's like, oh, it's an old Sarlacc pit. Like, oh boy, Sarlaccs don't die. Like, well, no, not it. Uh, I like something exactly what the... ate the sarlacc like yeah. you know it took over its home <laughs> something like that it's like sarlaccs don't leave their pits they do if you kill them <laughs> yeah like i love that uh it was like one of those classic i, I don't know where the story type originated from but it's like the whole oh it's these two warring factions or tribes and they have to come together for the greater good and it's yeah. like a whole thing that works out in the end even though you you can like consistency consistently see tuscan raiders get got by the dragon like so many times yeah. you're just like oh we, why do we keep getting sent over here and then they like light it and you see the dragon just like i'm gonna get you i love that the dragon spits like acid instead of fire that was oh, frightening yeah. <laughs> yeah how'd you guys feel about the design of the dragon i liked it yeah well. I, I really liked it too i i was just like that is an, an impressive beast I like that it's um, because fill me in. I'm like definitely the 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 odd one out as far as like Star Wars lore knowledge. Um, I know that like I think there's been like crate dragon skeletons shown yeah. at some point. I think in the movies, uh, maybe. I, I think was it in Episode Four when C3PO like the- and R2D2 are walking through the desert and there's just like a giant snake. Uh, looking skeleton. Yes. I think that was and, it. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be a crate dragon skeleton. Yeah, because well, we've the never wiki. seen a live one. <laughs> yeah, that was. I was wondering, like, how much uh, I know, like the you know uh, extended, expanded universe, or at least what was canon. There's some, you know, um, it's so weird the things that they they keep picking and choosing weird, random things to make canon. Like even the the pearl thing that they pull out of the crate dragon at the end that's a, apparently a thing from the extended lore. Like that's what's like, it's incredibly rare to find those. Cause it's really hard to kill a crate dragon. Yeah. And yeah. so isn't crate dragons pretty much like the only time they're really utilized is the old Republic, right? I don't know. I feel like that's the t- only time they were ever maybe alive. It was in like the books or something around that time because they never uh. were really, I think they were shown drawn possibly but there was never any instance of them being used anything before episode anything after episode one because there's like nothing going on it's either the skeleton in episode four but it's never really mentioned ever again and i i feel like maybe there was some mention of it in kotor like knights of the old republic Uh-oh. The original Bioware game. but otherwise uh they kind of had free reign to really design that creature themselves and utilize it uh, to make it what it looked like, which was more of, I guess, a worm style dragon than a, like, you know. Yeah. There were yeah. definitely some Dune vibes in there just because it could, like, burrow under the sand and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say so. Because it didn't really have any type of wing formation, right? It was just straight up, like, snake like. 
for the yeah, most part. Yeah, it was part. just a giant snake. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the skeleton doesn't have any features other than like a head and just like a giant spine in yeah. the cage. Um, I, I feel like that was also a clever use of you know they they've been using so much of the um virtual production pipeline. I mean, like I'm a VFX guy, so I, I'm like really interested in the behind the scenes. Ever since they sort of showed their pipeline for how they do a lot of their um shots, I've been really interested in it. And I thought that was a clever way to be like, okay, like let's set it in this little, you know, tight sort of valley set it's like all flat Mm. ground until you get up to the ridges so that like we can do as many shots as simply as possible and like as as quickly as possible um but still make it like a really interesting and intriguing fight um i thought that was great because i know a lot of people complain about like well okay if you're gonna shoot in this like studio with all of these like screens doesn't that limit your ability to do more intricate you know choreography with like fight scenes but they managed to do it in like a very clever way where i was like oh okay so like i see they they you can i think there was even a point in that episode where i could see where like the set clearly ended like not bad it wasn't like poorly done but like you know they they attempt to you know uh cover the floor of those virtual production rooms with like real dirt and rocks and other stuff to try and kind of hide the edge and i was like oh i bet the edge ends like right there in a few shots and i was like oh but that's clever it's shot so uh they're 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 like dancing around their limitations in a very fun way i was like that was great good good episode good well done fight it got me to see something i've never seen in star wars before and on like a a show budget which is so cool definitely i also liked or go james yeah i was just gonna say like yeah that create dragon fight that the whole sequence was just jaw-dropping and Mm. i didn't even I didn't even think about like you said the 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 way they shoot the show like I forgot that they have like a virtual set for like part of it at least at least the backgrounds yeah and, yeah they they totally tricked me I was just like wow this they went to the mountains somewhere and filmed this <laughs> I bet they probably did for a lot of shots because I know they use um they they use mega scans for a lot of stuff like they'll take mm. like you know three D scans of like um pieces of or you know real geometry to like put into their virtual set um so i wouldn't be surprised if they kind of like did a little bit of both uh but yeah it's just so well done i don't know it's it's like the future it's like staring as like an artist who wants to like do this kind of stuff but doesn't have the means right now it's like oh this is so wild to see like the ultimate tech demo (laughs) oh yeah it's great They, they um, do a lot of good stuff that like because they really do I, i'm loving mandalorian specifically because they mix uh practical and visual so well compared to like everything else like it's just like reminding people that in modern times of filming you could still do a lot of great practical without doing just like completely all visual effects nowadays because you know how oh, yeah. everything's been changing I, I, like, we'll probably get onto it later, but yeah, there was a lot of really oh, good okay. practical effects. <laughs> yeah. not, not necessarily in this episode, but there's some later where it like really got good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like the child. I oh, yeah. th- there's n- I don't think there's ever a moment where it's CG. It's a practical effect. Yeah, it's a Nothing he's a little uh, he's a little uh, puppetry animatronic figure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, which uh, we'll talk to... about that later too for the Robert Rodriguez yeah. episode. I think yeah, they said is... at any point where he has to be like freely walking. Um, that has to be cg yeah, but like other probably. than that he's like 90 percent practical which i yeah. like yeah it's i yeah i always appreciate a good practical effect i think it's why the thing is one of my favorite horror movies of all time mm. because the practical effects in that are just amazing oh yeah and mm. i really liked the inclusion because they really start to 
starting with this episode, they start connecting to the rest of the universe. And in it, like, their whole, like, Cobb Vanth talks about, like, oh, you know, uh, the reason this started was because the Death Star was destroyed. And remember, they're all celebrating in the bar. And that's when, like, all the crime, the, oh, the crime yeah. family comes or that syndicate comes in. It's like they start addressing, like, what happens when the Empire falls and they have lost order. Because they pretty much, even though it was the uh, Outer Rim, they still had power and pull. And even there, like, Tatooine immediately, like, yeah, the syndicates start coming in. They're like, oh, boy, yeah, who knows how their look's going to be. But, you know, we're going to test them out. And we're going to see how much we can get away with. So... It starts yeah. there where you see the story of like, oh, Tatooine's being overrun, or at least that town is specifically. And throughout the season two, we find out like, as we, as we go through the episodes, we'll talk about like how each one, whether it's like from the Empire perspective or other places, how they managed, even if it was from like the Clone Wars to the Empire and beyond and stuff like from that Ahsoka episode. But like, yeah, it's just really, it was really cool the way they connected it all finally. Among oh, yeah. uh, some specific stuff for the sequels, too. But we'll get to that as well later. Uh, overall, though, how would you guys say you like... Because really, the, the only character we talked to besides Mando himself, or we got to see, was Cobb Vanth. And then, like, you know, the villagers really... They were, like, standard villagers, the Tusken Raiders. Um, it was fun watching Mando talk to the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. That's something dude. you don't see a lot, humanizing, like, the Tusken exactly. Raiders. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, you, you only ever see them as these, like, kind of almost faceless semi-villains in the first in like episode four where i mean they're not necessarily the big bad guys but they're just dangerous or whatever and in mandalorian like i think every time we've seen them he actually just speaks to them so it's like yeah they're an intelligent people they have a culture of their own it's and it's cool that we're finally getting getting to see that it's just like little bits yeah, yeah. It, it definitely feels like, you know, if, like, Cameron and I were talking about this a while back when we rewatched the, the prequels, um, that, you know, of course you see the influence of, like, westerns and, like, samurai movies, especially in this series, like, a lot. And I guess if we were to make the comparison, like, what is the Tuscan Raider equivalent in those? I guess. American Indians? Yeah, I was going to say Native Americans. Mm. And they're kind of I can see that for sure. Yeah, like they're natives and they're scary, and people don't know how to interact with them. I love that Mando just comes along and he's like this, you know, he's a well-traveled man. He speaks their language. He understands their culture. It's like a first, you know. Yeah. Um, It's like, have you tried talking to him? And it's like, uh, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) I I did like to. It it pretty much ends. It seems like not only are they like. gonna respect each other's territories but it seems like there's gonna be now some form of trade between the two uh civilizations like it seems like they're at least they they get they might get along better now that they're they shared the the killing of a massive dragon yeah <laughs> so that was that was pretty dope and I, i'd like to see that if you go back to that town at some point for some reason like when you go back and see Cobb vance and like you do see that there's like Tuscan Raiders still around there. Like that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah maybe like you go to a bar and there's like Tuscan Raiders there, like with other people. How do they drink this? You know, how do they how do they drink it? Yeah, good question. Yeah, I didn't That's think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just start going outside Lucasfilm. How do they drink? <laughs> yeah. uh, who are you? That's one of the biggest questions. What do they look like? Under yeah, the mask? we still have. We seen a Star Wars toilet yet? I, I forget. 
Did we see it Mandalorian yeah. one season one that dude the the first in the first episode that dude that gets the bounty uh, that gets oh, yeah. frozen? Wasn't he like I have to go to the bathroom? Was yes. that a thing? He also comes back in this season. Yeah, he That's does, right. which we'll get to soon. Yeah, he did so, joke about needing to use the restroom. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we like, talk. Have you ever yeah. seen one of my species void himself? You don't want to be around. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun wording. <laughs> void himself. <laughs> or whatever he said. His explanations were quite good. But yeah, we had uh, we had fun seeing another moss because we only really see moss nicely, and this is moss pelgo. But that was really episode one. Episode two. <laughs> Or I guess chapter 10, it was technically chapter 9, chapter 10 now, was The Passenger. So this is the one with the frog, the frog woman. I loved this. Oh, yeah. That, because they, it was, uh, they go in, they're in space, you have literally the equivalent of the Republic Highway Patrol of, like, two standard kind of, like, not OB, but just kind of, like, chubby officers, and they're like, all right, what you doing out here in this these parts of the outer room? And, like, the whole time... Yeah, he tries to lie to them. He really... He's like, oh, you know, I just, uh... He's got it. We got a runner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that, like, the... He he has to travel sublight speed, and that's, like, always... That's another you know question in the the star wars universe like why would anybody ever travel sublight speed um and also like what are the side effects of like travel at that slow pace and apparently um, it's bad for frog eggs yeah that again it's like i've never thought about that are there like medical side effects of (laughs) traveling in hyperspace too much subspace radiation (laughs) yeah i don't know um but yeah like uh well, and then it becomes funny because it's literally a slow speed chase. Like, and he's like, how do you yeah. escape when you can't go into light speed? Um, and you can't like outmaneuver either. Cause she's got like a, you know, thing on there that's monitoring like the, st- how stable the frog eggs are. So it kind of got like, it was a good goofy, like, um, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it just felt like something out of like an old, like cop movie or something like tongue in cheek. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, like running from the law. Like, yeah, they're highway patrol officers, literally. Yeah, especially and- just the way he was talking to them, and he was just like, oh, "I hope they buy it." <laughs> and he just like immediately makes a decision. He's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna run." <laughs> Does it? Uh, I love too the two officers. Which one of them is Dave Filoni? Which is hilarious. He's like the one that doesn't <laughs> oh, talk. Really? Yeah, he's the. You had the one that was like the 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 heftier Asian guy, and then Dave Filoni was the. One that, uh, pretty much, yeah, the other guy. And I totally missed that. <laughs> I just love that they're just like, they're so, it seems like they're so used to it. They're like, oh, well, all right, here we go. And they they don't try too hard. Like, if you notice, they're just chasing him. But Mando's trying so hard to lose him, doing all these different, like, tricks and stuff to the point where he just gets, like, you know, he crash lands on the ice, whereas they're well, just like, oh, you know, we'll find him eventually. <laughs> Well, what's funny is that he, like, crashes his ship and, like, lands it under, like, an ice ridge or whatever. And he sees the X-Wings go, like, go past him. He's like, cool. I think we're fine. And his ship just, like, crashes through the ice. Into the, it just goes down into the planet. The the long-running gag this season of just how beat up can the ship get. Oh, God, (laughs) Until it's not, yeah, until it's not there anymore. Like, links back to Mos Eisley later. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's hella true, yeah. I feel like he can only have, like, cabin pressure in, like, the the main, you know, cockpit. Everything yeah. else, the doors are blown off, so he can't yeah. seal it. You can't go in the back. Too, late, uh, later, he's like, yeah, we can only maintain, ca- like, pressure in the cabin here, and if we fail that, 
Well, it won't matter because we'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun I, sort of fillery episode. There's nothing really plot-wise that it adds to, does it? Nothing at all. It's it's really just like, it, it's like, hey, this is a crazy high budget Star Wars show. There's, how many episodes are there in this season? Only eight? What's so, one of them about? Oh, he's just on this planet with a frog lady and she takes a bath and there's spiders. And it's like, what? what? Actually, it's like, yes. <laughs> the only thing I can think of that connects it to the rest of everything was that like, when the X-Wing pilots find him later and save him from the big spider... He, uh, they say like, "Hey, we got reports of a Mandalorian, you know, attacking one of our uh, prison ships, which was the callback to the last season." And he said like, "But he like, I don't know, he basically like he ended up doing something like good for us in the end. So like, is that you?" And he's like, "I don't know, maybe." <laughs> he's like, "Well, we'll let you go. We'll what just say we like say left yes, you, like- <laughs> yeah, something like that." Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And they come back later, that guy. They do, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's that. And, and it also reintroduces the that, yeah, the prison episode, because we get... Um, uh, Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr's character. Yeah, comes I forget back. his name, yeah. though. And it's, it's funny, too, because Dave Filoni was in the last season also, uh, when it was the prison break episode, when uh, Mando leaves that station, and they're like, oh, hey, we're going to shoot him when he leaves. And as he's leaving... Uh, the tracker is left there, so those X-Wings come and blow up the yeah. whole station. Oh, Dave yeah, Filoni is one of the X-Wing fighters there. Oh, sorry. and Yeah, so uh, having those two pretty much just be the... They're like, hey, don't let it happen again. Next time, don't run. And <laughs> He's like, can you help me fix the ship? And they're like, no. No. <laughs> I love the idea that they're like the Outer Rim beat cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, LAPD. <laughs> Something about I've I've said this so many times I just don't think I've said it on like a podcast episode but like this show some people complain about episodes like this where like the, it doesn't really contribute to the overarching plot and like especially in season one where it was way more like you know episodic yeah um, self contained I was like you know what it, I love Cowboy Bebop and that's a show that does that mm-hmm. with most of its episodes you know most of them are, are just like tiny little tidbits of like you know character development or like ties back to like an overarching thing but they're mostly just like another day another bounty another you know adventure and that's like For one sure. of the highest rated you know uh, uh shows on uh, like animated shows on imdb that's like one of the top of all time and i'm like if people can like that then surely you can get behind it for just you know a different set of characters with the same sort of setup and i, I don't mind it at all um oh yeah so i still like this episode too oh yeah i really really enjoyed this episode i didn't mind that it didn't really progress the overall plot because it's like you know the mandalorian uh i keep forgetting his character's actual name because everyone just calls him mando uh i think but it's is it isn't it um Dink it's like or Din Din Jaren or Din, something like Din, that? Yes. yeah it's like Din, yeah, yeah and so i just you know he's a bounty hunter so he's why wouldn't he take a bounty for a job or for money at some point you know so it didn't really bother me and well i don't know one thing that did make me uncomfortable for this episode was that like the baby kept eating the frog eggs <laughs> like, like non-stop i want to say the look on mando's face when like but you can't see his face but you could see he's just like oh no 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 stop it's <laughs> like already gone <laughs> it's there was a really weird um it's like some people found it funny and some people were like deeply offended and it really came down yeah. to like this 
I, I, they, I don't think anybody who wrote that like intended it for it to be that way, but like it started this very strange like discussion on social media about this is funny or not funny depending on your stance on abortion, maybe. What? I think think about it. He's eating like eggs that are gonna grow so, up to be little frogs. Oh my god! So that's god. the thing. I, that's, like, oh that god. that is what made me uncomfortable about it. But I was like kind of able to make it okay for myself by going like well they're not fertilized eggs yes, though, so they're not the technically thing. alive yet yeah they're just like free food for baby i don't know and then like so the one other thing that i wanted to shout out for this episode specifically was that moment where uh, mando tracks the the frog lady down to the the hot spring and like the giant spider comes out uh, like through the cave wall and he just like freezes and is like run <laughs> that that shot was so well done and i don't know i really liked the effect of the frog lady like instead of just waddling around like you kind of have seen her do for the whole episode she straight up starts like frog jumping and i was just like wow that's actually really cool to see her do that i don't yeah. know why but that that effect was really cool for me yeah not to mention in general like the animatronics and um like costume oh, yeah. and everything on her was like perfect like yeah uh, it was well really well done really good practical because again it's like if this were it, it's weird it's like if this were like a movie i'm sure most people would elect to like just make that a cg character um yeah so i, I yeah. really enjoyed seeing it, it feels like star wars when you see stuff like that also oh, the absolutely. language barrier too that they had like she, yeah. it's literally she's like <laughs> and he's like i don't know what you're saying well and i like that she understands english but it's like she just physically like cannot speak english yeah um i, I guess she gets that it, droid though that uh yeah translate yeah she's still yeah. the old droid that was a good callback oh too. yeah oh i forgot about that also from his prison episode right that was uh I, yeah. yeah that was the yeah because he was left on the ship with the Groku and then uh, yeah, Grogu. Zero or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Grogu just kills him. <laughs> well, it's, she's got the, um, what, what I, I know this is like a common thing in the Star Wars universe where like everybody, everybody speaks common, but like not everybody yeah. can because of their like anatomy. I, I always think of it as the, um, the District 9 problem. Where like mm. the, the humans understand the aliens language and the aliens understand the humans language, but like the aliens have like bug mouths and yeah. of course people I don't, don't speak prawn. Yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> speak prawn. <laughs> yeah, 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 but like they can kind of still communicate. Like they just speak their own tongues and they both kind of get it. It's like that. So I, I like that. I like seeing that in the Star Wars universe. And then she addresses the problem, which like again we've not really yeah. seen before. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And then the the spider just the spiders themselves, it was just like, oh, Oh, because it, it was very, uh, you don't expect it because the way those eggs open, you're just like, bro, are we an alien? And uh, Dude, I love the baby was just like eating a bunch of baby spiders out of one of the eggs and then noticed that there's a lot more. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what have I done? <laughs> it was so bad. God, oh, it was man. great, though. Uh, and I did like because I, I almost forgot one thing from episode one, but uh, just that this is kind of the start of the whole Oh, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. And he's going from one person to the next going, oh, I know this person. Because the whole thing is like when he goes to Cobb Vanth, was like, I'm looking for a Mandalorian. And yeah. then uh, he goes to pretty much in episode two, he goes to the uh, the the repair woman. And she's like, oh, I, the frog lady knows where you can find some Mandalorians. 
And then that's like the start of just fighting the Mandalorians, which turned into fighting the Jedi and stuff. But also, we forgot completely uh, at the end of episode one or uh, chapter nine. You, as he's leaving, we see oh, yeah. a certain face, and you see it's Boba uh, Fett. you see Boba Fett, and you're just like, oh, it's so yeah, good, dude. I love how even with the Beskar helmet and everything, he's still scarred to shit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, very much so. That was very cool. I well, and it's like it's the, again so different than if this were like a movie in theaters where like they he's really dark in the shot and i'm sure like if this were a film in theaters and people were like debating as they walk out the door was that really boba fett did you see did you get good luck it's like yeah. what is on streaming service so i can just rewind and zoom in <laughs> yeah let me go frame by frame and pause yeah and so i was like oh it is him yeah that's the actor all right <laughs> But that was a so, that was a nice little just to confirm, just so we didn't have to sit there and wonder after the whole episode. For sure, yeah. I guess there was still a little bit of wonder in me where I was just like, "Oh, is that really Boba Fett, or is that a clone? Like, could that oh. be like Rex? some other important character? Yeah, could it be Rex? Actually, but, no. Rex has a. They do pretty much confirm that Rex is in Return of the Jedi. As huh? uh, as one of the Rebel Commandos, they actually oh. so that one with the beard. Uh, someone's like, hey, you know, that looks like old Rex if you made of old Rex. And they went, we're made of old Rex. <laughs> yeah. oh, <nice>. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're like, okay, cool. All right. He's just overweight dude now. It's just like, I'm still going. I'm alive. Kind of. <laughs> but Wicked. yeah, going into what? Okay. This was my favorite when it came out. I think this was probably my second favorite episode. Only, of course, uh, the final chapter of the season is my favorite. But that's like everyone's favorite. But this one, the heiress is where we get, you know, he gets them the uh, Mon Calamari, or Mon Calamar. And I love his ship is, like, so close to landing perfectly. (laughs) Like, the engine (laughs) breaks and he falls in the water. (laughs) The the dock hand is so great. Not to mention his fashion of that sweater, but he's just like, oh, my God, all right. And he's like, can you fix this? Like, yeah. Yeah, can. (laughs) Try. I like that some... The shot of it falling in and then the big crane picking it out. Um, I, I know that this season, Industrial Light and Magic uh, did a lot of the post-production uh, for the like more complex shots. And uh, I love that some people were in the VFX community were saying like, oh, they they made it fall in the water to have the crane pick it out just so the ILM could like flex on everybody with that like beautiful water sim and like all the, you know, it's like water's pouring out of the that. engines. Yeah, because like, you know, those are really time-consuming and difficult shots especially for a tv show and it looked so good um and i i thought oh yeah i bet i, I wonder if they just put that in because it's a fully cg shot and uh they just wanted something for great eye candy um yeah definitely water is one of those things where if you don't get it really right yeah it's obvious it looks weird and that it looked great uh yeah shot, i didn't so. even notice i i guess i assumed that it was like a miniature they did or something the, the mix has been so solid that there's some... I, I was surprised to learn a few uh, shots that I assumed did not contain miniatures this season did. Um, mm. And I don't know if that one did, but I know that at least the ship itself was all CG. But um, yeah, gosh, it, this whole season just looks so solid, so uh, cohesive. Definitely. Yeah. But we get uh, the frog, frog lady and Frogman. She she meets Frogman, which is really nice. And then uh, they they get their little children, child, and uh, they get the they they tell them where to find the Mandalorians. And those Quarrens are basically like, oh yeah, we know where they are. And the Quarrens are like the dudes with the squid faces. 
And oh, yeah, yeah. It's funny, too, because, like, in the Clone Wars, uh, while the Mon Calamari side with the Republic, the Quarren side with the Separatists, and they have, like, a whole civil war. So in almost every version of uh, Star Wars, they always make the Quarrens kind of, like, I guess, assholes. But uh, in this one, they keep to it because they, like, have them do the whole betray thing. And they're like, oh, we usually, we, we kill you, take your armor, and we're going to, like, kill the baby, too, and whatever. And then we yeah, get... I think they were basically like pirates and they set him up for a trap. Mm. Yeah. And that's when we get uh, the Death Watch. And I yeah. lost my... I lost it. I was so excited because uh, Death Watch is probably my favorite... One of my favorite things besides the Arc Troopers, Death Watch is probably my second favorite group of the Clone Wars. And they get Bo-Katan who is in the Clone Wars, voiced by Katie Sackhoff. And yeah. they have Katie Sackhoff play her. And not only that, you have her there. You have, uh, I think her name is Casca Reeves. Uh, or Casca, uh, I think it's Casca Reeves, right? Uh, yeah, Casca Reeves, played by uh, Sasha Banks, the WWE oh, yeah. wrestler. <laughs> and also the third Mandalorian was Axe Woves, uh, played by Simon Cassian, Cassianidis. He's like a, he's Greek, because uh, of the S, the Idis, you know, the, it's very Greek. Anyway, uh, you get these three Mandalorians come in and they save them and shit. But dude, I was, I just lost it. I loved having just Death Watch there. Because, you know, we get that whole. Cool. Uh, I think it's cool that I was able to like recognize Bo-Katan's armor. Oh yeah, very much so. And I love that they're really bringing in full Mandalorian culture because you have like the old culture where it's like, you always think they're these weird wandering drifter type bounty hunter guys. And they're very much solo type people. And you get that from all the ones from season one where they're like, yeah, this is the way you don't remove your helmet. We just do our own thing solo. This is like the one time we're all banding together and then we all died for it. But, uh, in this, you're seeing the ones that we saw in Clone Wars, where it was much more of a civilization of, like, actual, like, race of people than just small little groups or individuals. And you actually get that whole, because uh, they take off their helmets and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, he's like, you're not real Mandalorians. And she's like, no, you're not a real Mandalorian. You're a child of the, uh, the Watch? Was that what she said? Um, I don't know. She basically dismissed them as like being a cultist. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like a. It was a, a follower he, of. They they mentioned a specific name, but I can't remember whose name it was. Yeah, and I I think they mentioned it's from Clone Wars, and they like tried to stage a coup at some point or whatever. Or am I thinking of Death Watch? Uh, Death Watch was the one. They were the ones mm. that staged the coup and stuff. So it, I think it was uh maybe a more. A- older version but it's basically like it sounds like the guy who spawned the idea of not taking off your helmet and that whole culture of being an individual over the i guess race itself yeah i thought that was a really interesting clever way to explain why you know they they made that a, a thing in the first season where mando never takes his helmet off a real mandalorian never takes their helmet off but then you could just point to like well but Django Fett took his helmet off all the time, you know. Boba Fett, well, he he didn't take his helmet off in the movies, but in the show, as a kid, he had his helmet off all the time. He didn't even have so, it. He never had a helmet. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Bo Katan took her helmet off all the time. So why, you know, why why is Din Djarin 
so set on not taking his helmet off ever. And I thought it was really clever that it's like, oh, because he's fr- he was trained by like an extremist version of Mandalorians that are like, that's what that is their way. I, I yeah. joked with my family um, that uh, like <laughs> that Din Djarin's like a Catholic Mandalorian and Bo-Katan's <laughs> like a non-denominational Mandalorian. <laughs> I can see that. What do you mean you were baptized? Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> like she's got very much like casual practice and, <laughs> and he's like very set and like, no, these are the traditions. Like you don't break them. It's like if basically they were all Jewish and he looks over and they're eating bacon. He's like, what, yeah, what? are, oh my yeah. God. It's like, dude, come on. It's like, it's, it's 2020. What do you mean? <laughs> But oh god, it uh, the they go and they finally tie together because you know at the end of the first season we see Moff Gideon and he has the dark saber and you're like how the mm-hmm. hell did he get the dark saber because that the last time you see the dark saber is actually in Star Wars Rebels which takes place before Episode Four and in it uh, Bo Katan gets the dark saber so you don't really know what happens during the original trilogy but you kind of see during that gap something happened where. It went from her having it to now he has it. Plus he talks about, oh yeah, I purged the planet. I just fucking like glass the shit out of it. And you're wondering you like, that? oh. I missed that. Yeah, the whole thing is like, uh, uh, at one point Boba Fett's like, oh, that planet's glass now. Why, why would you care about it? Like it's just, it's Oh yeah, rubble. he did say that. Like what's yeah, the they point pretty much Because it sounded like basically uh, at the end in Rebels, uh, the Mandalorians have like a, another civil war of sorts where they start rebelling against the empire backed mandos and what seems like they win. And because of that, the empire goes after them. And I think they go, well, like we're, we're the empire. So we're going to fuck the shit out of you. And that's, hmm. I think what happens, but I'm not too sure. Cause it seems like the Mandalorians are now very scattered at this point. And uh, they're going after Muff Gideon. She's like, oh yeah, we're, we're going after this uh, light cruiser, like this small Imperial cruiser, and we're going to board it, and we're going to find information, we're going to try to take the ship. And, you know, I they... think, like, uh, Bo basically says, like, hey, you're looking for Jedis, I know a Jedi, and I'll tell you if you do this job for us. Yeah. No. That's the basic, like you were saying earlier, like the format of the season, like do this job and I'll give you information, like just yeah. from person to person. And he's so fed it's, up. But, it's like, the best game of telephone. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say before I forget, unrelated, but um, I, I what you were saying earlier about immediately recognizing like Bo-Katan's armor. And I, I'm not even like a, you know, uh, a Clone Wars, uh, like avid watcher, but like I, I knew what she looked like and I thought it was really good how they um took like clone wars has like very stylized designs and, definitely and like that helmet for sure like when you compare it to other like mandalorian helmet designs is like very stylized with the, the big like cuts in the cheeks and everything um and to see that like realized in live action it, it looks like it it looks like it could work like it doesn't look um impractical or cartoonish in comparison it just looks like a different like style i thought was great um because that, that's got to be hard, like, bringing something in from a show that's known for, like, hyper-stylized designs into, like, live action and being like, oh, we have to make sure this doesn't look weird, like, next to everybody mm. else. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And honestly, for them, too, guys, all right, I think you, some of you know, like, uh, I want to do Star Wars cosplay, right? 
Yeah. And I I had like, all right, uh, the, the one I'm going to do next, like we were supposed to do Star Celebration until it sold out and then it got canceled and maybe we can do it again. Oh, we'll see. It's yeah. supposed to be in Anaheim, but they, it's supposed to be 2022 when they do it. So there's still a chance, guys. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to do the, I talked to at, Com- at San Diego Comic-Con, I talked to the Rebel Legion there and I was like, hey, the two I want to do is like Rebel Pilot and a uh, Rebel Commando from Endor, like the ones from Return of the Jedi. They were in the camo. And they're like, oh, do the commando first. They're, that's going to be a lot easier because the pilot actually takes more work than it looks. It's it's actually very, very uh, just uh, problematic when you really get to getting all the correct parts and stuff. So they're like, oh, do a rebel commando first. So I was like, okay, I want to do those two. And I want to do like an arc trooper, uh, like the phase ones that were like uh, Captain Fordo from the micro series that Gendy Tarnovsky did. And then... Uh, I always wondered, I'm like, oh, do I ever want to do a Mandalorian? Probably not. And then I finally, I, we see the live action Death Watch. And I'm like, because I, I love, I love Din Djarin's look and stuff. Like the full, like, it's like brown and chrome and stuff. But this one, I was like, all the blue and everything. I'm like, I want to be Death Watch Mandalorian. I want this outfit. It is absolutely astonishingly amazing. So that's going to be like my fourth or th- it's going to be like one of my cosplays one day. It's going to be Death Watch and it's going to be glorious because the, they're just so fucking good. I love them so much. But yeah. I mean, not much else is there to be said. Like she finds out more info on Moth Gideon uh, of like what the cruiser's doing. And then he's like, oh, you're there. I should destroy this ship before you get off because... <laughs> I don't want you following me. Yeah. Like the captain sacrifices himself or whatever. Cause like for the umpire or, or whatever. I love the guys. They go out and they're like, quick, get to the cargo hold. And we're like, we're in the cargo hold. And he's like, you're where? And he's like, oh, yeah. where oh, are yeah. they? Oh, we have, they have control. The- <laughs> they're just gone. <laughs> so good. If they're in cargo control. They're in where? <laughs> I love his face when he realizes it. And he's like, oh <laughs> before they just get sent out that was fit that's why I, oh god i love that so much and uh you know we get more moff gideon later but i thought it was personally like i said my second favorite just because they include those characters and they really utilize them in a great way even though um the big dude doesn't really talk at all he's just like i'm tall man and you're like okay cool <laughs> uh so they pretty much reveal like i mean she uh, a like hey tell ahsoka uh, Bo-Katan sent you and it was exactly as I expected because it's like what other Jedi does she know because Obi-Wan's gone like it's just it was just him and Ahsoka were the only two she was uh, on any friendly terms with so true that takes us to Dave Filoni's uh, no no it takes us to episode four because he's like oh I need to get repairs still to the ship like the Mon Calamari dude's like I could do like some stuff yeah. but like I can't fishnet all over the place <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah and he gets to the in the cockpit. And he's like freaking Mon Calamari. Yeah. Oh, remember the squid got on board and. Uh, oh yeah, and the baby just like eats it. <laughs> yep. It was just like another thing. You just see the the tentacles slipping out. Like oh, okay, but yeah. he goes back to uh, what was the planet Navarro, and you see Kara is like a she's pretty much like the sheriff of the town. And dude, I love Kara, dude. She's such a badass. <laughs> Carl Weathers is the Garf, uh, Grief Karga's, like, the mayor. He's like, I'm mayor of the town. Oh, yeah. And he, like, thawed out the dude from the first episode. He's like, yeah, I made him a slave, basically. He has to work <laughs> off, like, 300 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's just a, he's basically an accountant. 
Yeah, which is weird because, like, I think my brother, uh, I think it was Daniel, said, like, wait, but wasn't that guy arrested or he had a bounty on him for, like, financial crimes? Oh, that makes sense. Not really the kind of person you'd want in charge of your books, but whatever. <laughs> you can yeah, vote and he's just right. <laughs> just uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love he looks at Mando when he first sees me. He's like, oh, it's you. It's you. <laughs> He's just so freaked out. He's like, not again, please. They, they kind of did something as well with some of the dialogue there where he um, he mentions that he, like, what, he's, like, still blind in one eye or something. Yeah. Uh, cause oh, yeah, because... People cause pointed they, uh... out, like, Mando back in season one in the first episode using carbonite, like... The carbonite, at, right, that's what it was. It's, like, as a standard is kind of weird because of all the risks involved. Um but then again, I guess if like you've got a troublesome, you know, a bounty and you're like, well, it's dead or alive, even if I get paid less, I don't have to deal with them, you know, trying to sabotage my ship. Um, I guess that does address like, OK, Mando was well aware of the risks that like, you know, one, you even temporarily like lose your eyesight when you get uh, unfrozen from carbonite and also like it can kill you. Um, so I guess he was like, yeah, whatever. I just hate this guy. Like he's getting on my nerves. I'll freeze him. <laughs> Yeah, and they, they're pretty much like, uh, oh, we'll do the repairs and stuff for those guys. They're going to do the repairs, and they have to go and check out an abandoned That's well, like, Imperial. while you're here, you want to do a job for me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what dudes, the the reveal we get here, because it's it's one, it's a really cool, act, it's like action sequence, because you have Grief, Kara, and uh, Blue Boy, and they go in. And Mando just goes, starts dropping dudes off of roofs and yeah. <laughs> going in there. It turns out it's like, oh, it's a small skeleton crew. It's fine. Oh, there's a lot of guys here. Plus, uh, it's actually a secret laboratory. And yeah. we get that callback to episode nine that, you know, it's, it's funny because they're taking things that were very weird that everyone had questions about and just wasn't handled correctly in the trilogy and they're like hey what if we kind of i guess improve them sort of by showing them in here and having them actually make sense and you get that with the whole they're doing the snow clones or at least we is that what they were doing they're doing they're pretty much starting with it seems like it's a mix between they want to do the Snoke clones, but they also have to clone the Emperor as well. Because the, the whole thing is Snoke mm. is a weird botched clone of the Emperor. And that's why he, like, utilizes him. So... Okay. Yeah, I wasn't 100% sure what, like, what they were using the baby's blood for. But they did say, like, they were experimenting on the, the sample of blood that they had from Grogu for some reason. I assumed it was either to try to see if they could impart... Uh, force powers on someone who doesn't naturally have them or yeah my other thought was like what if this is their re- research into cloning back the emperor yeah and, yeah and the problem is they can't find a vessel that can like hold force powers en- for long enough or something like that we, we also yeah. talked about you and me come around after the episode i remember i said like what if the the figures like in the the big like back to tanks were um the previous donors you know um people that oh, they adopted yeah. with like high mm. midichlorian counts that they just like were like well just put them in a coma put them in this tube and we can have as much blood as we want just make sure they don't die and uh maybe they were just like well these guys aren't enough we need like someone who's like an actual jedi and that's why they like you know pushed for uh grogu so 
<clears throat> so hard. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you get that whole, uh, I think, wasn't it there? They find the hollow, uh, the hollow message that had mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Uh, what was his name? Dr. Pershing, I think. Yes. Yeah, the, the doctor guy was sending a message to Moff Gideon and he was like, oh, this must be from, you know, months ago. Moff Gideon said, like, no, this is from three days ago. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, this is still, in, it's just like they very much didn't want it to be known for what it actually was. And they go through the whole, uh, let's destroy the base. And you get that awesome callback to episode four where uh, you have Mando sting behind to blow up the place and you have pretty much the other three going and like the car gets destroyed so or the the land speeder gets destroyed so they take like one of those heavy armored transports <laughs> and uh the the awesome uh speeder bike chase with the scout troopers and they they just go down the hill and half of them already fuck yeah. up like <laughs> one crashes i was like well, why would you even do that <laughs> okay <laughs> but the the sequence itself was awesome just watching oh, them yeah. go down you're like oh my god this is so fucking dope but uh, when he goes in there, it's like the whole thing of like, remember when Obi-Wan is going and like uh, turning off the tractor beams oh, yeah. for the Death exactly Star. The oh, yeah. It felt, yeah, you're just like, oh, what's, oh, shit, we're getting that kind of thing. And it's like, it was very nice where it's very subtle. They don't talk about it. And it's just like the whole, if you know, you know. Yeah, visual and, callback. Good. Yeah, and it, it, was, it was really well done there. But you get a really good sense of the growing like, because... You only get Moff Gideon at the very last two episodes of the first season. And it's supposed to be like, even uh, Giancarlo Esposito is like, oh yeah, it'll be great. Like they're already building up everything for season three and four. And you're like, season three and four, how the fuck? Oh shit, this is like, this is getting big. And you're like, <laughs> this one dude. And we, there's enough where they just build him up because they build him up a little bit in three. Then they do it again in this episode. And we don't get him again until like, uh, you know, Grogu's abducted. But you're seeing more and more that he's just going to be the main villain of this series. And obviously like now that they're going to do, well, actually we'll, we'll talk about the end. We'll talk about the other shows, but uh, they, they do a really good job. I think of subtly building him up without really putting him in there being like an episode like Cobra where he's like, Oh, Joe, we'll get you next time. It's just like, <laughs> Oh, he's just like kind of there. And it just feels like it's great where he's, only interacting with them truly for like one episode a season and it's like the season finale and that's it like he's not doing anything else with them it's just like oh you're just getting the build up build up and then when you finally get to him you're just like oh shit what's going to be different this time than last time but it stays very fresh you don't get tired of him at all i guess is like what i'd want to say for him yeah they, they kind of build him up as like a presence versus like a character that's like actively taunting the protagonists. Like he's just sort of always looming, which is nice. Um, oh, something else about this episode. Um, <laughs> just to pull it back. We were saying earlier, we're going to talk about, you know, how this relates to, um, you know, the new trilogy. The um, chase scene was... Uh, much more you know exciting and memorable than the, than the similarly staged uh you know little floating barge uh chase scene in episode nine um like that was fun and all but uh yeah with with like uh ray and, and finn and everybody because uh, it was you know on speeder bikes them chasing like the floating barge just like how this is like chasing the floating tank on speeder bikes and um 
I don't know. We we talked after the show, and I was like, I can't believe a, a Star Wars show managed to outshine a, a Star Wars film with with like that sort of setup and payoff for a, a chase scene like that. That's oh, for sure. That's hella true. Very much. Yeah, so. I didn't even think of that. Like, I I was much more engaged in the Mandalorian chase scene with the speeder bikes in the in the barge than I was at any point in episode nine, let alone the literally same type of scene. Yeah. I mean, pretty much the entire reaction during episode nine was when they were there. You're just like, where are we? Cause then you'd be on another place. You'd be like, I don't know where we are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the way Lando's many... here. Oh, yeah. There's Lando's so at places. a freaking space Mardi Gras. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Did you know that this only happens once every 20 years? Really? And it happens to be happening right now. Yeah. Like, hey, we, we hunted a man who hunted people here once. And it's just like, what the fuck's happening? The, the perfect coincidence to set up a scene. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know, it becomes paper it's... thin at that point as far as like, okay, okay, we get it. Like, this is how it's set. Anyways, I don't want to rag on yeah. the movies too much. But <laughs> but otherwise, it's uh, so easy though. <laughs> it's funny because when we look back, I honestly think the weakest episode of the season was probably the filler, like the Frog Lady episode uh, chapter 10. But that's nothing bad because it's it just shows because we're getting time after time, we're just getting more like this. This season builds up so much because the next episode we get ahsoka and like we've gotten we've gotten death watch we've gotten bo-katan we have a we have a snippet of boba fett and each episode just has something really awesome happening so it's just like firing off on all cylinders and you're just like how does they keep making me like you you think like you jump out of your seat and you do your cartoon eyes that come out of your face (laughs) like your eyes leave your head for a second because they pop out and then you fall back down and you go well they did it i mean that was the moment for the season where they and then they do it again and then again and again and you're just like i can't keep jumping out of the seat like this there's so many <laughs> Dude, surprises every episode got me more and more excited to the point where i needed to watch the new episode as soon as it was available like i couldn't wait for the morning i i had to wait because some people were like let's watch on saturday and i'm like uh, we're yeah. watching on saturday i, I watched every, every single one i watched the day after <laughs> yeah i was like i just had to avoid social media slightly each day i'm like Friday means don't do anything today. Stay away from everything. Don't look at anything. But uh, <laughs> chapter five, guys. Oh, the Jedi. Yes. Which is uh, which is a lie because there was no Jedi in this episode. Technically. Technically. Ah. Ahsoka is not a Jedi. She was cast out of the order at the end of Clone Wars. But uh, yeah, we got Ahsoka in this episode. And it was really cool because it was very much that... Uh, I don't know... Because obviously a lot of the episodes Mandalorian take... Uh, take a lot of influence and inspiration from like past samurai films, westerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you could always see a specific story from a film before that kind of takes that beat for this one. I don't know which one this one was where it's like, oh, it's the town that's in trouble, but really uh, it's like some evil lady in charge here oh. and there's a lone warrior. Visually, it was Yojimbo. It was a Yojimbo? Okay. Yeah. Mm. I, uh, I said it out loud when I watched uh, with uh, Alessandra, because uh, I think this is the one I, I had to watch separately because I, I was out doing something. Um, yeah, and I said, wow, this looks a lot like a bunch of shots from Yojimbo. And then I went and looked it up later, and I was like, oh, yeah, if you put this side by side with a lot of the showdown scenes, it's like, you know, pretty much exact uh, copy, um, especially with like that big arch that's in like the main street of the town. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, because uh, Yojimbo influence. That was the one that influenced Fistful of Dollars, right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, yeah, Kalinius, there was like that Kalinius Wood film came from that originally. It was, it's, oh God, it's so good. Just like Seven Samurai Magnificent Seven. It's a whole thing. But uh, we get that whole like, oh, we're being bothered by a Jedi. If you can take care of him, we'll give you this Beskar spear. And the lady that's in charge there, I don't think she was actually in, because the whole thing is like, oh, she was from the Clone Wars. Uh, her people were like, in trouble and stuff and she took power to help them but she became corrupt and evil through it uh, or something I like that her. I, I forget how it worked exactly how what her full story was but uh, i think she was like former republic or something and mm. she was against the separatists at the time and there was like some tragic thing that happened before but now she's just like basically evil considering like the situation or people are in because they're like what well they were they in cages or were they basically like crucified or something i can't remember <laughs> what like, it was strung up on like oh like, yeah taser machines <laughs> it's crazy yeah. yeah i was like what the fuck is happening here but the the great i love this because of the atmosphere like the the full setting of the fog like you have all those soldiers go out and then you have ahsoka just like one by one to start picking them yeah, off that was that was how the episode started. We didn't even see Mando first, didn't we? It was like the Ahsoka scene was first. Yeah, because the whole thing was the whole the the big thing about it was, oh, we're gonna get her in like a part of it really, and that's it. And he just goes, no, this is this episode. Well, it's just gonna be Ahsoka, oh, yeah. a lot of Ahsoka. I remember being so very surprised here by it that because I was like, oh wow, they just uh, immediately right off the bat. Okay, here you go. Here's here's Ahsoka. Yeah. No no dancing around the issue. Like we just want to show. You. I was. I was losing my mind when Ahsoka, every time she would like retract her lightsabers and just immediately disappear into the fog. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that effect is so cool. She takes her oh. time, man. Yeah, and she like destroys all of them. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and I like, um, great. I guess going back to the Yojimbo similarities, it, I like that Mando um, does what yojimbo does in the movie where um you know the town hires him to take care of a problem and then he ends up meeting the 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 problem the person that they like hired him to take out and he's like hmm actually i'm just not gonna do it and uh i'm, I'm gonna do a little stage where like I, I pretend like i finish the job and i come back just to trick him like that's basically how yojimbo plays out um and uh i don't know there's like so many wonderful similarities but they put just enough of a twist on it um i like they uh, can, oh yeah sorry yeah, i was gonna on. say sorry <laughs> I, I was i was trying to think of her name um the the woman who's running the town very much has a um princess mononoke like lady eboshi vibe oh yes that what was I it morgan elspeth i think that was her name i knew it sounded familiar somehow like that type of story yes where like there's someone who's like kind of in charge and like they don't see themselves as a bad guy but they're definitely taking advantage of their people yeah and um and it's like not purely black and white like yeah yeah it's like from their yeah. perspective there's nothing wrong with what they're doing which is very different from like how most star wars villains are you know usually it's like yeah i'm big bad nazi man like <laughs> pretty much yeah so yeah her name is morgan uh, imperial magistrate morgan elsbeth so she was uh, part of the Republic and then became like that. And then the city was Caledon and you had Lieutenant Lang, who is played by uh, Michael Bain. And uh, Morgan Elspeth was played by Diana Lee Inosanto. But 
Yeah, that was like the her bodyguard dude that had like the shotgun, the the laser shotgun. Oh, that oh, was yeah. sick. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that gun was awesome. I was like, shit, dude, that's a really dope gun. But dude, she had a didn't she have the assassin droids? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, those were those so, things are cool. Yeah, those were really cool. Like the way they would like grip onto the sides of a, of a rooftop and just like flip themselves over the roof, like the way a, a human couldn't do but a robot could i don't know it was interesting well i like that they seemed like pieced together um i was looking for photos of them um they uh I, they, they had like um yeah yeah here we go i found one yeah they have like different colored pieces like there's one that there's i see a screenshot of the hk87 assassin droid like the legs are like red the torso is like uh like sort of a tan and then it's got like a pauldron piece that's gray and then like an arm that's red um it's like Hmm. it's like they had a bunch of these things laying around and they're like okay uh let's kind of just piece together the ones that we've got like do our best to sort of put them together maybe that is their default paint job but i like that they look pieced together it's not or just like maybe they're old droids and they repaired them with what pieces they had yeah something like that i don't know I, that, yeah. that always adds a little bit of life to the the droid characters when they look like they've been through the the ringer a little bit definitely yeah it's always funny too about that that planet it, it seems very not necessarily desolate but it seems very just like the environment is against civilization being there for the most part and that small town that is there it doesn't seem like you know the best built it's just kind of staying alive whereas like she takes what premium quality there can be and just keeps it into her little garden palace that she has there uh and you could just see the class difference as well oh real fast yeah those droids i did not know this this just popped up on google image search uh one of them in one of the shots uh you can faintly see the insignia of uh the seventh fleet on its head uh thrawn's fleet oh, oh that's dope yeah and it interesting and it's like a stamp. that's oh like it's like not perfectly painted amazing. it's kind of just like slapped on him it's like oh that's cool so, and that's which is and that's before ahsoka says thrawn's name so this, this is like what yeah 10 yeah it's before that's, that was also really cool damn they really put a lot of they do they put a lot of detail and care like this is another example that's another example of how good this show is in terms of detail and care that they really put into it it's fantastic dude so I know this is like this. Uh, I think the term is like a Chekhov's gun thing, where like you you set something mm. up in a movie to so that it doesn't come out of nowhere later. Kind of. I mean, that's not the exact definition of what a Chekhov's gun thing is, but anyway, this episode sets up a very important thing. Like as soon as he meets Ahsoka, he blocks her lightsabers with his armor, mm. which oh, sets yeah. up that Beskar can is apparently unaffected by lightsabers yeah it's like it's something that a lightsaber can't just cut through and we see that later that becomes very important later Mm -hmm. i didn't think about that yeah yeah that's actually really smart holy shit yeah as soon as that happened i was like whoa did he just block her lightsabers (laughs) and i don't think he even intended to he just like put his arms up defensively and it worked yeah that's that was really cool and also, one last, uh, one little thing about the droids I, f- I forgot to mention. If you guys didn't know, HK stands, it actually does stand for Hunter Killer. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And that's from, uh, that's also from Co- uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, your HK droid companion that's in your yes. party. Uh, uh, cool. Now I, I don't, now I remember I have seen that design before from Knights of the Old Republic. I, don't, I also, I never played that game, but I've seen 
I think Chris played a bunch of it. And I, I tried. I, I couldn't do it. It was so it was so old. I couldn't do it. I was like, "Fuck, this is aged really bad." Footage <laughs> 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 like, Bioware. Remaster it, damn it! Just bring it out again, and I'll play. Oh my it. god, but I yes. can't do it in its current state. Uh, also, uh, I will say the only reason too I, I remember the HK was because I just uh, finally listened to my first Star Wars audiobook that I have. I have like a dozen or so that I've just gotten from all these Audible deals, and it was Red Harvest that uh mm. the, zo- the zombie one and in it was an hk droid and the the bounty hunter and it's like what do you mean you're a hunter killer droid and you're just a kill and it was like a whole thing but i was like ah oh, yes hk hunter killer i understand that <laughs> and that's why i remembered it uh but yeah dude okay so we get the hole they free the town they fight the hunter killers mando has that awesome basically the clint eastwood standoff with the yeah. with, with the lieutenant and God, that was so dope. But more importantly, as as awesome as that is, because that's really the gunslinger portion there, we get the sword play with this, the Beskar spear versus the lightsabers. And that was so great, but it leads into Ahsoka's question. Besides it just being awesome and just like the choreography is really dope. But Ahsoka then goes and finally asks that question of, where is Thrawn? And... Because I don't know if you guys know what happens. So there's a few things. I had to look it up after after this because I was like, oh, well, I know Thrawn was in Rebels, but that's like all I know. Yeah, I remember them like re-canonizing him. Um, but I, yeah, beyond that, same. They pretty much Dave Filoni uh, reintroduces him through Rebels. And he, they have like different, like this first season, there's like a Sith Inquisitor who's like the head of the Inquisitors. It's like the main mm-hmm. enemy. And for a little bit, you have Darth Vader here and there. But really, besides, like, their bureaucrats that are in and out, Thrawn became, becomes, like, the de facto Rebels villain. So much so that he's, like, kind of the one that causes, like, the one Jedi in the show to get killed uh, and all this stuff. But he ends up being, like, they actually, Filoni does a really good job because he does the whole thing of, like, oh, I use their culture against them and stuff. Like, I learn their culture and then I find out how to defeat them. Like, he does that to the Twi'leks mm. of Ryloth. But uh, it ends with him and Ezra, who's, like, the Padawan in it, uh, are on a ship surrounded by space whales who have their own... The space whales can actually jump to hyperspace on their own. Oh, what the heck? So... And the, the Ezra huh. has, like, his weird, unique force ability is that he basically can commune with animals using the force. And during that, they're the last two on this ship, and the space whales take their ship and just go off into the unknown. Like, you're just like, where the fuck did they go? And that's where Rebels ends. Like, the whole thing is, like, uh, you see Ahsoka and Sabine Wren, who's, like, the Mandalorian in that show. Uh, it ends with, like, post-Return of the Jedi. It's, like, post-Death Star Destruction. And Ahsoka arrives to sabine going like hey we're gonna go after ezra now and i think this is where that starts because she's like if i know where thrawn is i can find ezra and that's what this is leading into which also brings up the ahsoka show which we'll get into i think later i think after we talk about all these episodes we could talk about all the future shows that are coming but uh, it really did kind of piece together like Rebels and stuff. And I didn't read, there's a trilogy of Star Wars books. It's the Aftermath trilogy that's supposed to bridge six and seven. Uh, and I think he's, I think Thrawn is in the Aftermath trilogy, but I don't really know what he does in there. Um, hmm. But, or like when it really takes place for that kind of thing. 
But it was really cool getting that whole, like, oh, shit, that storyline's still going on. It was, like, really dope. Mm-hmm. But any anything else left to say for this episode before we move on again? Nah, I think we're good to go. Yeah, I think... I uh, guess other than, like, that's, that's where uh, Mando... Obviously, he doesn't get paid by the people that he didn't, you know, follow through with, but he gets to take that Beskar steel um, spear. Yeah, yeah. Which does oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he does later, get the spear. So. <laughs> oh yeah, very much yeah. so. That it, pretty much now he he doesn't have the dark saber, so he has something that's like lightsaber proof besides his own armor, which is awesome. But yeah, and I he, assumed he just got it because you know, oh, I'm collecting Beskar for my people. Not yeah. like, oh, cool, now I got a new weapon. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, too, now we've had him go through from, like, the, hey, Frog Lady knows where the Mandalorian... Or, there's Mandalorian here. Not real Mandalorian. Frog Lady knows where Mandalorian is. Leads to actual Mandalorians. Mandalorians say, go to the this Jedi. Not actually a Jedi. Can't train Grogu. The whole thing is, like... Uh, which, uh, real fast, Rosario Dawson does a fantastic job as Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. And Great. that whole interaction between her and Grogu and stuff is just, like... It's just really good. But she's like, I can't train him. It's not going to work. Uh, you'll need a real Jedi to do it. So she's like, okay, so I can't do it. Here's the next me- Here's the next uh, clue on your scavenger hunt. Go to a temple and have Grogu commune there. And a Jedi, if there is a Jedi around, can hear it. And that uh, a Jedi should hopefully come to Grogu, which we'll get to later. But they go, and that's where... Uh, Chapter 14, or the sixth episode of the season, The Tragedy comes in, which was directed by Robert Rodriguez, which I was so excited for, which I will also see he's not done with Star Wars. We'll get to that also later. Uh, But this episode is great for a couple reasons. One, uh, we see Grogu go to this old Jedi temple and commune with the Force, and it's like really dope. But also, guys, what, what do we see come out of the sky? What do we see that just comes down and is just like, oh, <laughs> that signature yeah. ship. The slave, slave one. It's Dude, beautiful. Ship, not only is it beautiful, but I still think that is one of the most interesting sounding ships in all of Star Wars. Oh, it's oh, so it's so it's specific. main cannon fires so quickly. And like the just the fact that it looks like when it's flying, it's like sideways, sort of like yes. it's almost like you're flying a mech. And then, like, the the sonic mines or whatever, it's so... It sounds so cool. I th- so this, this I think, was probably my third favorite episode, if not my second. It, it's like it, it fights Death Watch for, like, oh, Boba Fett, Death Watch, Boba Fett, Death Watch. I don't know which one I want more, but... I think my, my biggest complaint with this episode is just it feels really short compared to the other. I just wanted yeah. so much more. It's so... But it's so good. Like, we get Boba Fett, and who else do we see but Fennec? We see yeah. freaking Fennec, and because th- this actually calls back to uh, season one, where she's being hunted by yeah. Mando and that young bounty hunter that turns out to be this shitty looking dude that also looks like Anakin, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. But uh, 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 what's Fennec's played by Ming Na Wen, who is also mm-hmm. in multiple. She's like an agent of Shield and stuff. But most importantly, guys, she is the voice of Mulan in the animated movie. Yeah. I want everyone to remember this. I keep forgetting that. The, uh... And she... Oh, no, go yeah. ahead. I was just going to say, like, you know, you think she's dead. Like, that yes. whole thing of, like, you feel like her character is... You're like, you got her in this show, and you kill her like that that quickly? Like, that's such a sad use of her character. Like, she, she's so good to utilize. How could you not utilize her? And it's like, so oh, she's a waste alive. of Ming-Na Wen. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, there was a whole plan. 
And that goes back all the way back to uh, that episode in season one, because when it ends, you just see your body and you see a pair of feet walk over there. I'd and forgotten. you're like, who is it? Who is it? And it was Boba Fett. You're like, in the back of your head, like, was that Boba Fett? And you're like, I don't know. But it was. It was Boba Fett. And it was awesome seeing that it's like, oh, shit. That's that's so dope. Like, he rescues her, gives her a cyber, what was it, a cyber spleen or something? <laughs> robo abs. Yeah, robo yeah. abs. I, it's funny because I remember at the time saying, I wonder if that's Boba Fett in that episode. But considering there was no follow-up, I kind of dismissed it and forgot. And uh, it, when they showed that flashback, I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot that happened. And um, yeah, when I should have known as soon as we saw, you know, uh, Boa Fett w- without his armor in the cloak. It's like it's the same outfit. Um, yeah, it's so far removed. I just didn't even make the connection. Um, but yeah, what, what else? Oh, yeah, I was going to say this episode. W- we talked about this way back, I think, in season one. Uh, like I might have mentioned it to Cameron, but I know I've said before, like there's been all this talk of bringing back Boba Fett and I was like kind of lukewarm on it for a long time. And I thought if they do it, they have to do it in a way that's like downright spectacular. Like it has to be so over the top to like win everybody over to the idea that this guy is still around because it feels like his use was, you know, spent. Um, if, and if you want to get like the average viewer back on board, he better be cool, like really, really likable and cool. And gosh, did they freaking deliver this episode? They makes him do so it so cool. well. <laughs> I'm so happy they utilized Rodriguez. They're like, hey, you want to do like a, a silent gunman? Yes. <laughs> I love that he's just like, he was supposed to be one of, if not the most deadly bounty hunter in the galaxy. The whole galaxy. Exactly. And we never really got to see that. Yeah. And in this episode, he was just like, oh shit, I see why he's so deadly. Because even when, before he puts the armor on, he's just like, destroying stormtroopers with like a gaffy stick or whatever just like shattering their armor what also i love the um i I, i'm sure it was intentional when you've got um cob vanth wearing his armor he looks like so lanky like it just does not fit yeah Yeah. and it doesn't look like it fits yeah yeah and and then when you see him put it on like dude (laughs) boba fett is just like a thick dude like he's just filled he like put it on over his robes <laughs> yeah and it just makes him look massive by comparison i was like that was great i, I hope it was intentional because the you know seeing both you know uh, the guy who it was made for and like some rando wearing it you see why like you know it's his armor and it's got to be him oh yeah they got me so hard when like even his kneecaps have guns yeah <laughs> oh, he like shot that. a couple stormtroopers and the rest of them are just like uh, back to the ships. I know. Yeah, they just like, the fuck this. And he uses his, like, one backpack missile to take out both platoons by, like, getting one ship to, like, crash into the other. And he kills all of them. I'm just like, oh, my God. No wonder people feared Boba Fett. Like, this dude yeah. is insane. Perfect point. Like, yeah, that we've heard it so long that he's so cool. And not until now have we seen it. <laughs> they said, Robert Rodriguez, can you make uh the el mariachi character of the star wars universe and he said yes i can <laughs> and he just made you made him so amazing and dude everything from the flamethrower but the black cloak having the armor over the oh, black yeah. cloak Good. works so amazing as it was happening i'm just imagining the black series figure in my mind like i will pre-order this the minute it's it's available i need this figure when it's out it's gonna be so beautiful but uh we even like you you get fennec 
And we actually get to see Fennec in action too. She's like straight up the yeah. she's the sniper. She like keeps taking dudes out one by one. And her helmet's also really cool. I really like her helmet. It's like just that slim visor that you can see, but otherwise, yeah. like it's just like this interesting thing. And of course, Grogu is like, "Hey, I did it, guys. I'm really tired, though. Hey, what's that in the sky?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get to see the dark troopers in action for like a minute, <laughs> and it turns out it seems like they are. Uh, time we talk. Was it phase two or phase three? Did we decide on? Oh gosh, uh, we were looking at the art and trying to figure it out. I think phase two or well because I, I, fa- they, they would be a lot bigger for phase three because phase three dudes are freaking tanks is huh. the only thing but they could be phase three i think because they were actually pretty big up close when you do see i think in the final episode when you see them they look a lot bigger so i think they could be phase say three. based off of like how much taller they were than uh dinjarin i'd say they're maybe eight feet tall yeah yeah so they might be phase you three, know then. if you look at the the original like dark trooper art um the phase threes have those like big wide shoulders so um yeah you know what the show might be saying like with the whole like talk from the the scientist in in the next episode or or whenever it is when he talks about like you know the the final piece of the puzzle was just like removing the human element altogether um yeah yeah, it's like we we removed all the weaknesses and the last thing was the human center yeah it sounds like he's maybe maybe these are like a version of uh phase threes like maybe they're not as like kind of uh big and tall as like the og like phase threes but they definitely have the the correct look like that uh the big shoulder pauldrons are the same so it may just be like the show's Mm -hmm. version of the phase three and you know we see them jump down they kidnap grogu and then they're like see it and then the the true tragedy like literally this is probably the biggest death in mandalorian besides uh i've spoken in season one but uh <laughs> you see the gideon's cruiser blow up the razor crest and you're like oh oh my, my ship no i loved all the memes <laughs> that came from that were like you know uh audience reactions to kylo ren dying versus audience reactions to the razor crest being yeah. destroyed and like it's crazy because like we you know me and my girlfriend saw uh episode nine in theaters and again we both were like okay yeah kylo ren died predictable all right fine and, and, but then like when we saw the razor crest blow up both of us like screamed <laughs> like <laughs> we were not ready my ship you know it occurs to me now that like they spent a lot of time in this season the, for the first few episodes making the ship uh, not just a part of the setting, but a character of itself. Oh, yeah. You know, with like the engine cutting out right before he lands and it like crashing through the ice right after he lands and like before that. And that's why it was broken. And like they made a, a lot. They had a lot of fun with the ship this season. So I think that's why, like, besides the fact that it's just a cool ship or whatever when it gets destroyed you're just like no that ship was through so much over the last two episodes it just got fixed it just got <laughs> well fixed. i also like that dude like, imagine taking your car out of the you just got your car repaired from an accident and as you're taking it out a truck just comes and hits it well i yeah. love that like it's established in universe that it's like it's an older ship um you know mando like refuses to update to something newer because he has like this sort of deep affinity for it um 
it's like it's like established that it's big and clunky but he just he really likes it like something about that the the fact that it's not just a ship to the character like he refuses to part with it and then he has to watch it get destroyed is like so hard like you feel bad for him it's like watching it's like if a dude got his old like firebird blown up (laughs) it's like what do you do oh my god you console someone didn't he mention at some point like oh yeah this is like pre-empire yes, or whatever and that's, that's why the codes are so yes old. and that's why he didn't have like a proper like you know tracking you know setup or whatever when those guys stopped him yeah oh, man. it's like one of those things where the dad's like this is my greatest creation and they're like kids are next to him and they're like dad and he's like i stand by what i said <laughs> oh yeah this is yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite child <laughs> <laughs> and like i thought it was so interesting that, well, one, it was like a tearjerker that one of the two things that uh, survived that ex- you know ship being flattened was the tiny little ball that Grogu always plays with and the Beskar yeah. spear, which was literally untouched. Well, not, yes. not untouched. Like it un- it's just in the dirt, like fine. Like unfazed. Yeah. It's just like fine. It didn't even get a scorch mark on it. It was perfect. <laughs> I'd love it if you just have a Death Star beam hit it and it just reflects and goes somewhere else and you just oh, like that so That's how you protect cities from <laughs> from Death Star blasts. Just put a bunch of like Beskar mirrors on top. Yes. <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> if you can get enough together, maybe it'll work. This is better than taking it and moving it somewhere else. I love it. I love that like the, the episode's titled The Tragedy, but you could easily like say that the, the ship the is ship the tragedy, is the tragedy. <laughs> yeah i mean that's I, that's what you have to assume right that's it's the ship yeah they're gonna, uh, they're gonna get grogu back but not that ship yeah the ship's gone like it's literally good it's there's nothing to recover there's no salvage it's literally just scrap grogu but, gets kidnapped oh no Razor Crest gets destroyed. Oh God, no! <laughs> I think it's just—it's like, like the Vince McMahon meme where he's just like, oh, yeah. You know that Grogu's going to come back at some point, like as an audience member. Yeah. But you're like, oh my gosh, the ship is gone forever. Like he's going to have to get a new <laughs> yes. ship that we have to build new attachments to. <laughs> like, is it going to be as cool as the Razor Crest? I don't know. <laughs> if he ends up just palling around on the Slave One for the rest of the show, that I would be cool. Oh yeah. With. <laughs> well, that's it. So we—that was. So good, where you're just like, oh, I guess that was it for our Boba Fett time. And he's like, I said he'd get the child back, so he was supposed to be safe, so he's yeah, going to go with I us. guaranteed the child safety, and I haven't followed through on that, what so I'm in your debt till then. Oh. I love that Fennec's in his debt, and now he's in Mando's yeah. debt. So then by She's just like in... She's like, yeah, whatever, I'm with it's him. It's like, so by extension, you're working for the guy who tried to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I just want to say, too, with Fennec, I feel like when you're playing Amity of Auto-Aim, you don't have to do anything. You just hit the aim button, and you're automatically fixed on it. I just feel like anytime she's Fennec aim aims a gun, she's just like, uh, uh, right. uh, and you're just like, how do you, how do you fight Fennec? <laughs> but yeah, so that... Oh, God, I was so, so fucking... Robert Reeves, I love him so much. But... We get that episode, and then we get... It's like we're down to two episodes left, and you're, you're honestly... Part of you is like, are we even going to get Grogu in this season? Like, is it just... Like, I was worried. going to be one of yeah. those? You really... You do get worried. And we get into the next episode, which is... It feels a little fillerish, but it's more like the... We need now... We've gone through the whole thing. We need the, the key to get through the ship and all this stuff. And well, they like have they to... Well, it's like they explain... 
you know, like you were saying, he keeps having to find information to where to go next throughout the season. And so this episode was like, okay, I know that the Empire has Grogu, but I don't know where. So I have to figure out how to, you know, find Grogu. And his plan is basically like attack an Empire installation. Yeah. And it's uh, the Believer is chapter 15. And this is great because it's supposed to be uh, the Believer is not even about Mandalorian. It's about uh, Bill Barr's character. What was uh, Bill Barr's character's name again? It was uh, uh, well, Bill Burr. Mayf- uh, Mayf- Miggs Mayfield. Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. Mayfield, right. A- and you go to the scrap. Pl- so the whole thing is like, you know, Mando returns to uh I to never Kara. thought we'd see him again. I know. He, I thought he was just like a side I figured character this was an instance of like a celebrity who likes Star Wars being like, hey, can I be on an episode? Kind of like where you have like guest appearances on yeah. like Star Trek for like one episode. I thought it was like that, but no, they brought him back. Yeah. And it, it, I forgot to say like too, uh, when the pilot, they like talk about the Imperial base that's on, uh, what was the other planet's name? Um, it was uh, Navarro. There's the Imperial base there that one of the pilots is there and he's like, hey, we could use more people. You used to be a shock trooper. Uh, right. Like become a, basically become a marshal uh, or a public marshal. And she's like, okay. And they use that jurisdiction to get him out of that prison. He's like on a labor crew. And she's like, oh, we'll take you with us. You know, there's a chance yeah, you will die. But you'll have a reduced, yeah, you'll get a reduced sentence. And uh, I love the whole thing. He's like, I don't like this. He, he's literally like, I would rather stay in prison. I don't know about this. Oh, I got to tell you, that trash planet. Uh, very, very fun. A uh, little behind the scenes. Phil Tippett, uh, who did a lot of the stop motion work on uh, the original trilogy, was brought back to do the uh it stop motion animation on those big trash walkers uh really stop motion and they composited it in uh just to have it like feel really authentic and i cannot believe wait so how this is the guy that did wait 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 wait, wait, wait. this is the guy that did the imperial walkers on hoth right yeah and like a space chess uh yeah and awesome i got i really gotta watch this season i know i I completely just believe that that was like a composited in like fully cg effect but no they apparently called him up like hey man do you want to just basically have like your own form of cameo where you just get to do like a cool stop motion thing for us and we put it in a shot (laughs) he was like yeah so yeah okay super cool cool. i didn't know i follow him on twitter and i didn't know until i saw him tweet it and i was like oh my gosh phil that's fantastic (laughs) you made it it's you my lord you love uh, but yeah that was god that was dope and this is this is that episode that made me hate star wars battlefront 2 more than i did before not not uh pandemic's battlefront 2 which also showed us the dark oh. troopers but uh dice's battlefront 2 where we got that uh campaign from uh what was it? criterion games i think or something i forget which studio studio was but we get that really shitty battlefront 2 story where it's about uh I forget what her name was now even, but uh, it's about the, imper- it's like, oh, this is the Imperial story. It's all about the Imperials and how they oh, do stuff. Oh, and then it's and a big fake They out. defect like halfway through and it's bullshit. Yeah. It's just like, hey, look, it's everyone's favorite characters coming through one at a time for each mission. And I'm like, this sucks, except for that Luke mission. Everything sucks. And this is like, hey, what if we gave like some, not even really explain it, but here's an Imperial perspective because they have yeah. to- they kill the original Imperial uh, crew that's on that explosive transport. 
and they're having to take it to that base also, and what, all the pirates are there weren't they moving rhydonium that's what yes. it was yes which is like another callback to like a bunch of uh, uh clone wars episodes and stuff and it's like super volatile so it can explode just on certain inst- like it, it like too much bumpiness like if you go too fast if you if the road's too bumpy it'll become unstable uh, yeah, it'll yeah. go unstable and explode. So basically, just stay on this road. Don't speed up. That whole off. sequence. And then they start. Like a, yeah, like, a like video game level. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> what? Exactly. And they they keep seeing the like the other uh, shipments explode like off in the distance, and Mayfield like starts to freak out. Long story short, they're like the only crew to come back to the base. And yeah, I love that scene where yeah. you see. Just Imperials. regular Empire soldiers just, like, cheering for each other, going, like, yeah, you made it back, buddy. They, they like, were, like, job. literally heroes for getting it there because they hadn't had a victory. It seems like who knows how many times they've tried to transport it, and each time it just fails. Like, they can't yeah. get it through. And it's, like, are those pirates or are they the natives? I, I couldn't tell. Like, were they... I thought that they were I natives. I thought so, too. Yeah. And they were... Yeah. <laughs> they were, like, suicide bombing and everything. And I love when... How do they do it? Mando like throws the grenade back at them or something. Yeah, and you just hear him like, like he does it successfully once, and then another like floating barge comes along, and there's like ten guys on it, and all of them have thermal oh. detonators. <laughs> and then that's when the Tie Fighters come in and they like save the yeah. day. Yeah, because like, they, they take get... out. He blows up the second one, and then you look, and there's like five more. Because at first it's like, oh, it's one guy, and then it's like, oh, it's like six guys, and it's like, oh no, it's five transports, each holding like five guys, and you're like, <gasps> yeah, and yeah, I just I really appreciated having even just that one scene where you see Empire troopers like normal people, yeah. just they literally that to me made them look like the rebellion to me because there were so many scenes in the rebellion in uh, the movies where. Luke or like the Rogue Squadron or, or one of the squadrons would like come back and people would be like, hey, hey welcome back. Like good missions, st- stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I really liked that scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really cool seeing like they're all happy and you're just in the base and everyone's pretty normal until you get to the, uh, I guess, the mess hall. Yeah. And he has to go to the, uh, the basically terminal. to get the yeah the terminal to get all the information and that office it's like his commanding officer from when he was part of the empire yeah mayfield recognizes someone and he's just like oh shit i know who that guy is in which also uh they mention uh this actually that's this is why i remember it also because the whole thing is like oh we have great empire stuff here i think they did that on purpose because of battlefront 2 because when mayfield is talking about he's like i was at operation cinder and they're like oh, oh operation cinder that is from battlefront 2 where I the imperials literally blow up their they basically destroy their own planet there's an imperial planet and they do it to make sure the others stay in line when they're like it's literally one of our loyal planets and it's like where the uh your main character is from i yeah. literally forgot that that's what that uh, thing was called i forgot it was called operation cinder so i didn't even catch that that was a reference well, it's to that also such yes. a nice detail with like the regular schmoes like getting so excited that the shipment came back and it's like then you've got this commanding officer who's basically bragging about you know laying waste to their own guys and it's like oh wow like you get yeah. the chance to see these guys be people and like care about something and then you realize oh their superiors like 
really couldn't care less about them. It makes it hit that much harder. I yeah. love that tense conversation between like Mayfield and that guy where Mayfield's just like, yeah, I was there. A lot of good people died there. And the uh, the commander is just like, yeah, um, heroes of the empire or whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. So what? They died. They they were of use to the empire. Yeah. And, it, and then the fact that like uh, Mayfield's just like, fuck it. He just, like, just shoots kills him. him. <laughs> he like literally couldn't stand him like it or like let that guy get away with it because he had friends that died on that planet apparently oh but, yeah he, like a lot of his company was killed yeah. on that planet that guy and uh, yeah. oh sorry i was gonna say R- richard brake who played the commanding officer by the way fun fact uh he was the original night king on the game of thrones oh, oh. Shit, that's because oh, i that's i was so like i know him from some stuff i looked him up uh, the, i recognized him from mandy as the chemist but um i was like i've seen him in something else and it's like yeah back early game of thrones seasons before they'd like decided on who their final actor was going to be for the night king because they ended up going with a guy who was like oh so this is the dude that touched the yes, baby this is before they needed like a stuntman oh. to play him because he needed more you know i guess they wanted to plan for acrobatics or if they wanted to do fight scenes or whatever yeah he mm. was like the first time you see his face it was this guy oh that's cool then all right back when the night king was cool. i know <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> fucking game of thrones another story for another day but uh or i guess another tragedy that's the tragedy guys but uh yeah it was that episode really brings it in especially the need <laughs> they're like well i'm glad we helped these people out let's kill all of them <laughs> <laughs> they just start shooting every single person there and like uh kara and fennec just start sniping the rest which was insane and then i think uh what you get the two tie fighters and boba just takes them out too or was it how, how did they destroy was it slave one destroys them or yeah it drops the the freaking dubstep uh, bomb. yeah the sonic bomb. yeah well it, yeah. we watched it i was watching it with Cameron and i said out loud man if only you had those freaking big dubstep bombs from <laughs> and then he did it i was like oh yes i've been wanting to see that i literally like i like got quiet for that scene because i was like oh it's gonna do the sound effect because i remember watching that scene uh back when it was in theaters and just going like whoa those sounds so Mm -hmm. cool (laughs) what what kills me about all this is all of these callbacks like they call back to episode nine they call back to uh battlefront two they call back to episode two and you're just like oh my god this makes so much more sense now and then you go back to watch it or do play it or whatever and you're like wait a minute this still sucks and it's you're like it's just hilarious how it's somehow improving things but then when you get back to it you're just like wait a minute they're tricking me because this show is so good it's trying to <laughs> the show is so good it is trying to raise the rest with it up to the top it's like oh we'll we'll carry just hold on we're the life preserver literally it feels like the way they're they're writing it um is like when we when we saw episode eight and episode nine um you and i I think both said like we would be okay with the way these movies turned out if only there was some context like there was something mm-hmm. that led into it that like made it make sense as to like why the emperor's back other than them just like desperately needing a new villain. Um, you know, why Luke is so jaded other than them just like desperately wanting to reinvent a, an existing character. Like um, we're like, yeah, if there was just something that led into these that like, you know, told us why this is happening, we'd be okay. Or if they, the movies had more context and it's like, they're writing the show as if to say like, okay, 
let's pretend like this show really is what people are gonna see before watching these movies and try to make it make sense and it's doing a great job of it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah just let like any other future stars movies must have approval from dave filoni before it is passed that is a requirement now <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and also there's another guy you guys i don't know if you guys know about him pablo hidalgo i know that name at lucasfilm he is basically the human encyclopedia of star wars knowledge there he like knows every like he'll just be like hey how does why does this thing happen in star wars and it's like oh you see the design for this is because of the blah 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 and you're just like what the fuck? how does this dude know all this stuff but like he's pretty much one of the other big creators there i think he's actually one of the main guys behind um high republic Mm, uh mm. for that whole thing because he he's literally like he, he literally is just like human knowledge of just like knowing like if you ask a star wars question of like something that's technical he'll be there to answer it and he'll be like yeah yeah that's the reason for that is actually it'll have this type of function or he'll be like i don't know it's fucking cool so we did it <laughs> but pretty much like he, he's another cool guy besides dave floney like those are like the two big like star wars pure pure of heart people i guess you could say hmm. but yeah, this uh, it's funny too seeing Mayfield's character in in a uh, that one where in the previous one we had him in he was pretty much just like a heist guy who was doing his thing. But also, I guess you could see the way he acts different is like there he's with a crew of people and that's how you'd act around that specific group. Whereas here it's him as an individual who's now having to retread a darker part of his past. So it yeah. was cool seeing like that character shift of like his I guess emotions and personality. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a really cool episode for like I guess his character development, which I never even expected. Like I said uh, earlier, I didn't even expect to see him back again after he uh, the prison break episode. Yeah, for yeah. real. Oh, um. All right, yeah. you guys. Well, uh, two saying? two more really important things though for this episode. So when Mando was accessing the terminal, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. He actually took oh, his helmet yes. off, yeah, in front of a room full of people, because he was like, "It needs facial recognition to access it or whatever," and he's like, "Getting Grogu back is more important to me than my Mandalorian tra- uh, traditions." The, the only so I, I thought that was really the cool. only thing I didn't like about it. Um, I like that he took his helmet off. I, I figured for. <clears throat> ever since last season i figured it's it's got to be an emotional thing for him where like he has to do it in order to protect the child in some way <clears throat> but yeah i do wish that they just worded the reasoning differently because they say like oh it, it has facial facial recognition on the terminal and um i was like well but he's not in the system so like why does he yeah do that? i was hoping what they were gonna say and maybe they will do this later and if they do this later then my points null and void they'll have solved the issue <clears throat> but like I was wondering if they were going to say like, oh, it's, it take it, it adds your face to its database. Like, which would oh, be like even scarier for him. Cause he's like, okay, not only would I be showing my face to people in this room, but my face would then be saved in an empire database. And that's, yeah, there'd be a record. Yeah, there'd be a record. And I'm yeah. sure that would be really scary to him. And I kind of wish they just said that outright, but maybe they won't. And maybe it'll come up later. Maybe next season. There will be something where, yeah. like, they, you know, Moff Gideon, like, scares him by showing him, like, a photo of his own face. He's like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was kind of like, well, not really a strong in-universe explanation for, like, how this thing works, but whatever. I don't know. It's Star Wars. Yeah. No, yeah. that's fair. For and sure. then the last thing that I really liked about this episode 
was again another callback to the pre i think it was the previous season uh dinjarin sends a message to moff gideon yes. saying like i know where you are you have something of mine that i ha- that is very valuable to me you think you know what you have but you do not and i'm going to come that's what he you. said or- to him yeah, and that's exactly what. And I may have gotten it a little bit wrong, but that was essentially what he, what Moff Gideon said to him in the previous season when he was saying like, "I'm coming for the baby or the child," and so I was just like, "Ah, I love turning like someone's words against them." So that played so well. Oh for yeah, me. that was great. It's so well done. <laughs> and also, I will say too, with the I think after he meets uh, Bo Katan and kind of sees the way they do things. Where, like, at the end, he's, like, with them, this is the way, she's, like, this is the way, and he's, like, this is the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he's coming to terms with their ideals, too, which is why he's easier to relinquish his helmet off. At least, you know, as we see, last season, it's once because it's a droid. This time, we see it, and everyone that sees it is dead. (laughs) Like, they all die. Except for for Mayfield. (laughs) Yeah, and he's, like, I didn't see shit. I didn't see anything. Yeah, he's, like, I didn't see shit. Well, they even say, like, what, he's, like. You know, you're a dead man as far as we're concerned. It's like, oh, okay, I guess yeah. that's yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, until too... the final, until the next episode, and then it's just like, like... Too, ba- <laughs> too bad the uh, prisoner Mayfield escaped during transport, yeah. right? <laughs> he's at like, first, he's, wait, I, I feel like he thinks, he, like, for a split second, he's like, oh, they're gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was super uh, funny. Yeah, it was great, and especially too, because he's like. I think he you can tell any Imperial, whether they're former or current, when they interact with Kara, it's just like fucking shock trooper. <laughs> like yeah. they don't like her immediately, even if they aren't even part of the Empire anymore. But uh yeah, no, so time for the final episode, guys. Oh yeah. This episode is the a rescue piece. This episode is so which is directed by Peyton Reed. Uh you know, you get before we get to the you know, everything, but you know, they, they hijack the Imperial shuttle that Dr. Pershing is on. And yeah. one of the pilots is like, I'm not even supposed to be at work today. <laughs> <Poor> <laughs> he doesn't give two shits. He's like, I don't want to be here right now. And uh, they board, you know, Boba Fett boards the ship or gets, he like catches their ship and Mando yeah. and Kara Dude, jump I love on that there. reverse like shot. Not exactly reverse shot, but like we've seen the image of like an imperial ship flying over like the good guys so many times it was interesting to see the opposite of that where like it was an imperial ship and the slave one was going over it Mm. it yeah oh that's intimidating that's very true and it's just like be prepared to be boarded and it's just like oh my god and seeing them come on and they immediately see her and they're just like fucking shock trooper (laughs) and uh and the other guard who took the doctor hostage is like you know screw you rebellion you're like you have any idea how many people how many friends of mine died on the death star and she's just like which one oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so he's like oh you're, you're so funny, funny. <laughs> and he's like oh i see that tear on your face yeah i was there when they i was at Alderaan. Yeah, yeah i was like fuck dude she didn't even give a shit she's like Bop, dead you, you're done yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's over. The poor, the other pilot, he literally was just like, "Do you know? Do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't, I don't, him. I just work here." <laughs> he just gets killed. I'm like, "Ah, oh, that sucks, dude." Oh, how how long were those two pilots? Imagine if they were actually pilots together for years, and he just was like, "Empire, you know, <laughs> <laughs> shoots him. Gotta do what you so, gotta do." Yeah. So I love the doctor too. He's just like. 
Oh, he's there's something wrong with your guy. plan. What? Oh, I mean, actual flaws. Like, here, let me help you. And you're just like, yeah. All right. Because in the first season, too, he's like, I, I want to help the baby. Like, I just want to help the child. I don't really. Yeah. Like when when man, uh, when the Mando comes back for it, he says, like, don't hurt him. He's just a child because he thinks he's there to kill him. For oh, yeah. Because the bounty said he could eat dead or alive. Something yeah. like yeah. that. Um, oh, my gosh. Again, just humanizing characters that normally, in, you know, the series would not mm-hmm. be. It's good stuff. And we get Dr. Pershing in that, and then we see, like, you know, they have the Imperial shuttle, and we don't really see what happens to him. I was I'm very just curious, because I think... Because he is either... Uh, when they go and recruit Bo-Katan and uh, Sasha Banks' character... How did I just forget her name? But uh, they get both of those, and then we get the, <laughs> we get the Boba Fett uh, fighting her... For a second. That was so funny. I love their uh, flamethrowers canceled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and she does. She sort of just starts doing WWE moves on him where it's just like at first he's like brute strength. The tables. Just, yeah. <laughs> Dude, like I love the shit talking though. She Like Bo is, is just like, you're not a real Mandalorian. And he's like, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm more of a Mandalorian than you or, or something like that. She's like, you're just a clone. I've heard your voice thousands of times. Oh, so. And then he's I like. My voice will be the last one ever here. It's like, oh my god, I love this oh, guy. So good. They're so good. Oh god, they, this show just makes it so you're just like, I love Mandalorians. They're so cool. Yeah. Oh, dude. oh god. But yeah, they. I love they even seem to have like fighting styles based off of their usual equipments. Like yes, yeah. with the flamethrowers and using the jetpacks to fly around and stuff like that. It's so good. And now we got a full crew. You got, you got Jin, and you got Kara, you got Fennec, you got Boba Fett, you got Casca, and you got Bo-Katan. And it's just like, oh my god, this is good. And then Dr. Pershing's just like, oh, you see the weakness in the Dark Troopers, they're all assholes. So you gotta stop them before they get out. <laughs> they're unbeatable. Yeah, it's like the, the, their only weakness is that they take a long time to charge. So if you can like seal off their room before they get out, then you'll be yeah. fine. Just maybe <laughs> maybe he's still on slave one i don't know I that's like you don't really just left him after they, they must have just tied him up or yeah figuring out the I'm plan sure we'll see him again. i yeah, assume I they let so. him yeah i assume they let him get back to where he was going to just be like oh yeah the i don't know i got kidnapped for like a minute or whatever i don't know yeah i don't know yeah um but we um, get the whole the the great like oh help us we're in need of help and stuff and you have uh I forget what the Imperial officer's name is, but she is actually one of the main, like, uh, U.S. soldier agents in Black Lightning. She's, like, kind of bad. She's, like, an antagonist Mm. in it. Uh, But she's, like, the leading female officer under Moff Gideon, Nedisara. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Like, uh, I know you. But that boarding like they're just like mayday mayday we're going in and shit and everyone's just like don't do it it's like <laughs> i'm gonna, gonna do it, it. <laughs> and they're like no shot. just go this way I'm not gonna i stop. don't want to be here anymore <laughs> and they're just like just fucking listen and i love the you know boba fett's just like oh it's fine whatever i'll just deal with whatever and those last tie fighters that do go after me he's just like beep beep and they're just dead it's not even there's no yeah. effort he puts zero effort in and he's just like i'll see you guys later and you're just like i wanted more boba but that's okay it's fine and it's great too because it each time you get a recurring character or like a a legacy like a legacy character i guess you could say 
they each one outperforms the other. Like you start off with Death Watch and you're like, holy shit, this is the best. And then you get Ahsoka and you're like, how? Like Ahsoka, of course, like everyone loves Ahsoka a little bit more. So like Ahsoka is like the top tier there for the animation. And yeah, I'm I'm watching Rebels now, so Ahsoka's like one of my favorite new characters, honestly. Right, it, 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 she grows on you after a while, and then Boba Fett comes in, and you're like the legend reborn into the most badass shit, and then you're like, there, how do you top Boba Fett? And they're like, well, there's one thing, and then yeah, cut back to <laughs> yeah, hold my beer, but we get you know they board the ship, and I love the way they really handle shit, like the way. It's, it's crazy, too. What I love about this is it's very... They don't have to talk about it. It's just like, hey, let's take four really badass Apex women and have them just take out this entire, like, ship of Stormtroopers. Oh, I didn't even... It didn't even occur say, to me that... They don't say anything, of, and that's why it's so good. It's just like, just let them do the work. Let them do the... Let their action do the talking. Yeah, yeah like, and, Mando's, like, the only dude on the crew. I, just, I didn't even realize. Except, yeah. for, I guess... Boba, but he wasn't there. I was thinking there. about that at the time with like um, I, something that I've heard a lot of, especially in sci-fi. Like you know, w- women in sci-fi. Like, how do you write a good like female character who's like strong and cool and likable? And it's like I always think of uh, Alien. It came out in uh, what nineteen seventy nine, and it's like and it's yeah. a perfect example of just just write them cool. Like, there's no you don't even ha- don't address it. Just write them like confident, cool, like interesting and likable, like no, you know, acknowledgement of the fact that, you know, you're trying to make like a statement with it and the statement will make itself. Um, and it's yeah, like mm-hmm. perfect. Don't make their gender the per- don't make your gender the their, their personality. Yes. Make it so that's just, oh, they're, you know, it's whatever. Like the whole thing is like Kara is a rebel shock trooper who has lost her planet and all this stuff and it's like oh that's fucking awesome bo-katan is literally the leader of mandalore and all this it's each one has this awesome fennec is the sniper and he goes through there and it's just like blah 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 going through the ship just like like fennec literally nails all these dudes and then one dude peeks through and it was just like peekaboo kill And, and there was like no effort off of her at all and she doesn't even have to run for it. She just, like, takes her time going through eliminating everyone. And then uh, I love what they're at. The, they're at the bridge. And the Mandalorians oh, just, like, jetpack away. That was sick. Yeah. And they just come back and shoot them all. One dude literally falls through the force field into oh, space. Yeah. And he's still alive. And he's like, ah, that, Well, the crazy thing is, like, that whole sequence. Because we watched it all together over Discord. Um, and, like... Uh, I mean, you'd already seen it. I, I, I was catching up, and everybody else was too. Um, that that's the whole sequence got just as many like oohs and ahs, like from as any other. You know, it, I like uh, again. It, it didn't feel forced. It felt like yeah, we've we've been it's we've so been naturally built up done. These it's characters, fantastic. you know, we've we've already seen how yeah. cool they are. They, there's nothing left to prove. Just give them a cool sequence all their own, and nobody's gonna question it because we like them. Yeah. And it's, uh, you see them do all this awesome shit and then they get to where they need to. They get to the bridge. They literally kill everyone on the bridge. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. They just massacre the entire bridge, which is hilarious. But you get, uh, Jin gets to the, uh, he gets to the dark troopers and they're pretty much out and he manages to stop them except for one that just like, starts yeah, beating the just shit out of one yeah, gets out. See, he, fighting one is like fighting a Terminator. Like, <laughs> and it's just, 
I love that effect of it's like hammering his helmet with its fist. Against the ship. And I thought for a second that like his helmet was getting crushed because that's what you would expect what would happen. And it also looked like the helmet was getting crushed. But I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. We literally saw Beskar can like withstand like orbital fire. And then I noticed like, oh, no, his helmet's getting pushed into the wall. The ship is literally being dented. Yeah. And just think about how much of a concussion he probably got from that. Because if he had no helmet, it wouldn't even be a face. Like literally the head would have become like a smashed pumpkin. (laughs) Yeah, he would definitely be dead. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't die. (laughs) He was just like, oh, oh, God. (laughs) It's always like, you know, when you see someone get punched really hard, you're just like, what uh, reporting diagnostics two broken ribs and it's just like oh fuck yeah. it's like oh this is the head report diagnostics internal bleeding <laughs> partial brain damage <laughs> like like that's probably what happened he's like uh he probably that's why i forgot and he just took off the helmet he was just like so fucking done he was like i, I don't yeah. care anymore but i do love that like he apparently i completely missed that he was holding that beskar steel until he like pulls it out and i was just like he had that under his cape the whole time. Yeah, I liked yep. the way he was carrying and, it. It was just subtle enough, and it looked cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then and it, he, t- it takes care of the job. Yeah, he was able to take out that one, and then he, like, uh, shot all the rest into space, which yeah. ended up not being That's the best right, idea. That's right, because I out. knew they were, because f- I'm like, they're robots. They don't need to, they'll be, and, like, they have jetpacks. Yeah. I was like, oh. Well, that's the funny thing. I was like, wait, didn't we already see that they can fly? And then they just, like, come back in the ship, and it's just like, oh. Oh, it's yeah, also they thought of that. <laughs> the amount of action going on in this show does a great job that the average person probably doesn't think about it either. They're just so it keeps you so occupied. You don't think of like the previous episode, which I already knew because like I already knew about jetpacks and everything else because during Battlefront 2, they have jetpacks and stuff. But uh, I was like, oh, fuck. OK, this isn't going to go well. And we get that like, you know, you get the this is where you don't know. Is this going to be? Gideon and Grogu like Gideon escapes with Grogu and this is like season three or like is he even there because they're like oh where's Gideon it's like oh he's either with Mando or he's like gone or something and he does that whole speech and you're like he's not gonna give up the kid and then he does the whole you're like gotcha yeah he tries to sucker punch well sucker stab uh, Mando with the darksaber and like we said earlier, luckily, Beskar is immune to lightsaber. Very much to so. an extent. Yeah. I did like, though, that, like, during the fight with, like, the, between the Darksaber and the Beskar spear, like, the spear started to heat up and, like, not necessarily melt, but, like, glow in the places that, like he was, that. that it was connecting to the sword. That was really cool. Yeah. And, I mean, he wins. Uh, it was a really cool fight. Like, Gideon, Gideon's good, but he's, like, you could tell he's not, like, the best. Like, you could tell uh, if Mando can beat him, there is a good chance that if Bo-Katan was there, she probably would have beaten the shit oh, out yeah. of him. Yeah. So, I love that setup that, like, that means that the true owner of the Darksaber currently is Din Djarin. Yeah. Which is Makes him be a Mandalore. Problem. He is yeah, now the Mandalore. Weird. Yeah, that's going to be a problem for Bo-Katan because that was her whole reason was she needed that saber to be like the rightful heir to Mandalore or for her people to like actually follow her. And he can't just give it to her apparently because yeah. supposedly that's why like her owning it previously was a problem because the last time she owned it, 
someone just like gave it to her yeah sabine sabine wren handed it to her and then there was still basically civil war yeah so that that's one of my few complaints is that they set that up and then they just i guess that's going to be for the next season or whatever because that doesn't really get a um a resolution yeah what happens next is the dark troopers show up again and they just like lock themselves in the bridge and they're just like shit what do we do we've got like a platoon of dark troopers out there how are we going to get out of this and they're ba- they're basically breaking down the door and you just yeah, have like, literally just like a couple just punching the door over <laughs> and over again until it just dents it inward and you see like uh Gideon's by a blaster and it's pretty much the four four women and Jin are about to basically have to fight them and it's just like oh they're they're pretty pretty screwed and guys <laughs> i will say this i like they they made me so happy because you know post original trilogy post prequels post like clone wars everything uh with in the day of the sequels where like there's no sequel character that i really grabbed grasp to and i'm like you know i love these characters and stuff um and having like you know han luke and leia aren't really as what we'd want them to be in those movies and stuff like there's that you don't really have anyone to really have like really enjoy and clone wars and mandalorian have done such a good job of i've gotten bo-katan i've gotten ahsoka i've gotten Jin, i've gotten captain rex and stuff like i've had the arc troopers and i love them i love especially the arc troopers but like all these characters i love the shit out of them they're like becoming my favorite star wars characters and like the entire like set of the star wars universe and as amazing as they are, as much as I love them more than anything, the minute this scene occurs, I forget any of them exist. And I remember who my favorite character is in this whole fucking universe, <laughs> because you see that X-Wing fly in. And I will say this, because I, I knew, like, uh, I was going to wait for Saturday again to watch with you, time like everyone else, but... Miles is like, I watched it, and he's like, you better watch it, and it was like, it's gonna be spoiled everywhere, and I'm Dude, so worried. I'm me. like, oh yeah. You texted me that morning saying like, watch Mandalorian ASAP so you don't get spoiled, and I was like, oh okay, I was gonna do that anyway, but I'll do that now. So this was actually because I watched everything with everyone for the most part except maybe the very first episode. No, I think I still watched it with Miles. So, uh, yeah, this was the only episode I watched by myself first. And then I watched it with everyone else, but I watched it and I see the minute I saw the X-Wing, my heart just stops and I'm like, <gasps> they won't, they can't, they, they, will they, will yeah, they? Even at that point, I was like, there's no way it's actually him. It's gotta be someone else. <laughs> it can't be. And you see the Dark Troopers stop and that was it. The minute the Dark Troopers stop, you're like, oh my God. And the music starts up and they're like, what are they doing? And you feel it and you're just like, I... I have a feeling I haven't felt since. And <laughs> like, Dude, I love that shot where for half of the fight, they're watching it through the security screens. And I don't know why. I just really like that because they're just the characters themselves are glued to the screen going like, who is that? 
oh my god it's a jedi and we're glued why to is our there a jedi screen. here yeah it's so good because even though it's like you can't people are like I, I had to watch some reaction videos after because i just wanted to watch people watch it just to get more joy i was like a death eater or not a death eater a dementor i was like <laughs> suck the souls the of the reactions mm, yeah joy is delicious <laughs> delicious and uh it was uh because people were like i don't know what color it is and i'm like but it's even though it's like a a weird filtered ca- uh, security camera i could tell it was like it's a black robe it's a fucking black robe and the minute you see the saber i knew i was like it's the green saber it's gotta be the green saber you see the fight and the minute you see the green saber and the black glove i was like oh! yeah. dude and like the, i can't like, remember I which scene it. it was at yeah. some point he like picks something up with the force and like he uses the, the gloved hand and i was like oh, he doesn't have a glove on the other hand oh, they can't be is that luke what <laughs> and i knew and they're just doing it and he's like just going through them one at a time and it's so the choreography and the fighting is so beautiful i could tell like guys i'm not even joking the minute it was like it was all going on i could feel it i could feel like i was like oh those are what's that going down my face oh these are tears and, and i just like they he just does it and then he gets to the elevator and you're just like oh my god oh my god oh my god and guys we get to the he gets there he gets there he did something special for that last one he he just oh he just crushes it he just literally crushes it and then he's just like stands at the door and he's like i could probably open the door if i wanted to but i'll let you open it it's fine <laughs> and you know they're like oh god oh before but when they do when they, they're going through the whole thing you know like gideon goes and starts shooting Bo-Katan, which freaks everyone out for a second because they're like, when oh, God. He saw, when he saw who it was coming, they he said it's a Jedi. freaked out. His face, you've never seen him afraid. And he's just like, oh, God, because he knows. He knows it's like, that's the guy that basically destroyed the Empire. Oh, yeah. I never considered yeah. that, that he knows who he is. Hmm. I think the Empire, basically, like, whoever is left of, like, the high Imperial... Uh, like i guess high imperial command just know already like what like what the empire the emperor disclosed to them and stuff and it's like oh this is luke skywalker this is the guy that destroyed the first death star this is the guy that i don't know if they know that he's darth vader's son but they're just like this is the guy that destroyed the first death star this is the guy that he went into a room with the dark with darth vader and the emperor he left the room and both of them were dead like that's all we know and then the death star exploded again like it was just like oh god this guy literally can destroy everyone he wants to and with them both dead like he is the most powerful person in the galaxy and he just goes through makes quick work of them gideon shits his pants shoots bo-katan everyone freak you freak out for a split second because part of you is so infatuated with luke it could be like your kid's been stolen it's like i'm watching something can't you see it's luke yeah. on the screen like dude he he tries to kill grogu and then when mando blocks all the shots with his beskar he tries to kill himself oh my gosh, yeah crazy <laughs> and Kara's like nope yeah she just like knocks the gun out of his hand knocks him out he would rather be dead than basically see Luke's like have to face Luke Skywalker in person. Yeah. And he comes in and you just see the hood come down and it's they it's like you see the improvement where it's like you see episode uh you see Rogue One and you have uh uh Grand Moff Tarkin 
you have Leia and it's like kind of you're like they look kind of good but they're also kind of like scary a little uh, bit yeah grandma uh, it's the uncanny valley kind of weird yeah, I feel yeah. like they could have done Tarkin fine if it if you had only seen his face through like the reflection on the window. Yeah, that's what people are. Yeah, you didn't oh, ne- right. you didn't necessarily need to direct him because if you're a true star, if you're if you really know Star Wars, you're gonna know who that is. You're just like okay, but uh, you see like I guess uh, Rise of Skywalker, you get the Leia Luke flashback, and it's like you see the improvement there. You're like, oh, that's actually they did that part really good. And you're like, okay, and you get here, and you're just like, they fucking made sure they're like. It has to be real. And it's still, you can still tell because, like, the way his mouth moves the when lips he talks are the giveaway, and stuff. I think, yeah. 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 Because you think at first you're like, Sebastian Stan. And then it's like, no, it's Mark Hamill. And you know, it's like, it's Mark Hamill. And it's like, what? Mark Hamill. They get, they tried legacy in him. I feel weird about it. On the one hand, I think the sentiment, you know, outside of the realm of the, the show itself um you know it, it i'm very very happy for mark hamill that he got to like because he was you know clearly kind of unhappy with um the last jedi and the last how jedi. he was portrayed yeah. as luke and you know i think he's just bummed that luke didn't get any you know it, it's like luke did, never got any sort of like real action in that movie um i mean he did but it was like it's a force projection it's not real it's like oh well, that's the kind of it's a bummer luke never in person like fought another person again you know as far as he's concerned um and and for him to have this really cool introduction in the show and then it you know in in, a, in an essence you know be him be mark hamill uh, I'm, I'm sure that's you know deeply gratifying to him on the other hand, in a way, just from, I don't know, an audience point of view, I feel like Sebastian Stan already looks enough like young Mark Hamill that they yeah. could have just done without any... They could have just done it. Yeah, that's what everyone expected. Like, you so thought many, Mark, like, that it was, it was going to be him. Yeah, I've seen so many fan markups of like just putting Sebastian Stan's face over, uh, you know, a, I think a shot from yeah, Luke's, and he uh, looks Luke Skywalker in one of the previous movies. He like, really looks just close. like him, or at least... Yeah, close enough that you're just like, oh, yeah, totally. I can yeah. see that. I think, um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things that, you know, I can understand people who didn't like the um, the, the use of, uh, like, sort of the, the deep fake CG face. But it's yeah. like, uh, I, I feel like the, the long, uh, this is going to spark a discussion, I know it. But, <laughs> like, I've got a friend, this is, come on, this isn't anybody that, that you know, uh, but I'm not going to say who it is just so, you know, I don't oust, out him. Um, on the internet uh, but yeah I, I know somebody who um was deeply opposed to luke even appearing in the show um and for context they're they're a person who was you know uh, in support of the idea of reinventing luke as he you know kind of was in the last jedi um because i guess in their mind they don't have like a, a deeper attachment to to luke like a lot of people do um and that's fine uh, I, I get it um but I feel like the whole thing with the show is that, like, for us, the people who wanted to see Luke's, um, you know, further adventures and, like, see him continue to be the, the the young, you know, ambitious, adventurous Luke that we know, it was upsetting to have Disney not only, you know, decanonize all of his, you know, extended universe adventures and then, you know, subsequently reinvent him in The Last Jedi as somebody who's not adventurous anymore. That's just like, that's a deep cut, you know? 
Um, yeah, and, and yeah. it feels good to see him get like one little, you know, it, it's a little five minute thing, but it's a, it's a sort of ray of sun, sunlight, you know, it's shining on that sort of legacy of Luke Skywalker yeah. to see him be cool again and be the character that, you know, fans who've enjoyed the original trilogy so much, like know him as. Yeah. I think it was really satisfying for a lot of people to see Luke at like full Jedi master status as opposed to like when he was just training and stuff. So yeah, it's just like we, we never really got to see him go fully superpower Jedi powers. Uh, But like, you know, we, we, we've seen him do a few lightsaber duels throughout the series, but nothing too spectacular. Like, you know, the, the one where he fought Darth Vader in, in episode six five episode five. five uh you know darth vader was just like wiping the floor with him so it was just cool to see him just mow through dozens of dark troopers that dinjarin was having trouble with like even one and for the last one for him to literally like not even bother with the lightsaber and just effortlessly crush the the dark trooper into like just a ball of junk with the force to the point where like the air around it was like waving oh yeah was just so yeah. satisfying well, it's like i think was... that this type of scene is what i expected to see in the last jedi because if we're talking like master yeah. luke skywalker i really thought like oh man we're gonna see him pull off some crazy stuff but it's like ugh, the the whole force projection thing never landed with me he well, never leaves that yeah fucking it, makes island. Me, never it makes me think home. about like he never sees anybody really in person again he never yeah the only physical action he took was to drink blue milk from a man from a fucking walrus nibble like that's it that's all we got yeah. so it makes me think of that line where he like ray's like hey we the rebellion needs your help or whatever and he says, like, what did you expect me to just walk out in front of the entire empire with nothing but a laser sword? And he's just like, yeah, yeah it seems like you, that would be pretty I really effective. I thought you had it in you at this point. You've had so many years to train. Like, <laughs> what, what does what he you do? What have you been doing this whole time? You're not better than you were? <laughs> like, and what does he do? Yeah. He walks up in front of the empire with a fucking laser sword. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, it was so beautiful. Yeah. I, but, uh, yeah. So... I, that was such a tearful goodbye, though, with Gruger, though. Like, it was so emotional. Oh, yeah. I don't think I had any tears for that. I was just so spent. I was like, it was all the Luke. I was like, I don't know. I, I love this, too. It was so heartfelt, but I was... Oh, I, I have a real soft spot for, like, final goodbyes or whatever. And I know that Din was just like, well, I promise we'll, we'll see each other again. And there's no reason why they wouldn't be able to, but... I don't think that Grogu will probably come back in any important capacity for the rest of the series. I think that his arc is probably done for now. So I don't know. It was just a little bit sad, but like bittersweet to see Din take his helmet off and like the baby animatronic. And like we said, the whole series, like, well, except for like maybe the few scenes where the baby was like walking around, he is an animatronic. It's a puppet. And I still was like the moment where the baby like reached up and like touched his face for the first time, like his actual face, not the helmet. I was like, oh, <laughs> you got me. You got me in the heartstrings. <laughs> I, if you notice, too, when they do that uh, interaction between them both, they never uh, pivot to any of like 
Kara, uh, mm-hmm. Bo-Katan, or any of them. They never show their reactions to him taking off the helmet. It's just purely showing those two and then Luke. And Luke's just like, I don't fuck, I'm just taking the kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. It's just like, he's afraid to go. Like, no, he wants your permission. Oh, goodness. So it's so good because Luke, it's funny because this is actually shown one before one other time. And honestly, like I said, this is the only good part of the Battlefront 2 campaign. But uh, for one mission, you play as Luke. And I think the annoying part was like you play as all the other uh, hero characters basically at different points, but they don't really have much of a purpose. Like it's just like, oh, we did it to sh- kind of. It's like in it's like tutorial for each hero character. So when you get mm. to the multiplayer, you can I guess play as them. But for Luke's, it's like he's going to a place that has it's like an imperial cache or like it's a it's the emperor's cache or something. And one of the uh, this is before they defect, but uh, one of I think it was. Uh, Ivan, Iden Versia or something, uh, one of her squad mates is there and Luke actually finds him and helps him and stuff because he's like, oh, hey, or whatever. And he's like, why'd you help me to Luke? And Luke's like, because you asked. And it was just like a whole thing of like how Luke was just very, he was very controlled and they utilize him good in terms of just like he's doing his thing and he's still Luke, but basically... He's like, we don't need to fight if you don't want to fight. Like, it's the whole thing of, like, we could work together on this and stuff. And that's the whole thing where he goes there and he's like, hey, he wants your... It's like this weird wisdom of just the simplicity of the wisdom of, like, oh, because you asked for it. Or, oh, he wants your approval before he would leave and stuff like that. It's, it's it's uh, I don't know. It, just the way they do that for him, it, or it works really well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see them leave. And that's like, like it's it's huge, and it's it, so much so that you don't even think about because it pretty much ends. Like you don't have Bo-Katan being like yeah. uh, uh, Dark Saber. You don't have like Kara being like, uh, oh, now we gotta turn this dude into the Republic. It's just like they leave in the uh, uh, the elevator and they're just gone, and it's like fade to black. Yeah, that was surprising to me that that. I mean, I get that that felt like a really good stopping point for the Grogu story, but yeah, there's a lot of loose threads there for everyone else, though. It didn't. It didn't matter because it was just like we just. It needs to end with Luke, and you're just like, yes, yeah, yes. Feeling as far as the loose threads in the future. I mean, I'm guessing next season's all going to be about returning to Mandalore. Yes, it's going to be very heavily. I think we're going to get because also we're going to get. I guess before. We talk about what we think season three will be. We should probably quickly go over our uh, post credit. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. We get we get so we get what I'd like to call Fat Fortuna, but it's Bib mm. Fortuna, and it's uh, we get we go back to Tatooine to Jabba's palace, and Bib Fortuna's just like Awana Wanga, Jabba no Bada, and he's just like being fat and shit, and you know Jabba's dead, so there's no one to take over. So this dude's just been there, McClunky. I guess. Like, McClunky. <laughs> I they had to, they had to include that. Dave Floney's just like, what if we included McClunky like George would have wanted? <laughs> so stupid. Oh, man. oh my god! But you love that. It's like it's the same entrance that uh, yeah that uh, Leia has as uh, Leia and Chewie have as, as Bosk. Uh, as, yeah, Bosk. Yeah, um... Boosh. No, not Bosk. Bo- yeah, Boosh. Boosh. That's what it was. Bosk was the janitor lizard. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you see the Gamorreans just get their asses handed to them. 
and Fennec just comes in and just starts blasting everybody again. It's just like, oh, okay. And he's like, who the fuck is this? And then he comes down. Boba Fett comes down. And the fear on Bib Fortuna's face is just he's like... Just like- Oh, oh, I didn't know you were so alive. Uh, good to see you, friend. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thought you were dead. Yeah. Which is hilarious, too, because it's like, you know, Bubba was just another bounty hunter that worked for Jabba. Like, that was it. He wasn't anyone that was... Even though he was like, oh, he's literally the most ruthless bounty hunter in the galaxy. He was just the bounty hunter. He was never someone that's like, I- I'm going to settle down and do this shit. But it was just so, like, he could tell the moment he's there, he's like... This isn't good for me. And it, it isn't because he doesn't even finish what he's saying. But it's just like, you know, we've seen you. I'm glad to bring this character back. You're dead. <laughs> and he just throws them off. Sits on Jabba's throne. And Fennec is just like, oh boy, Grog. <laughs> just yeah. starts drinking. <laughs> but. So yeah, we're going to get some, th- some show or something called the, the Book of Boba Fett soon. The Book of Boba Fett. Coming basically next christmas it seems yeah. like not and expecting that especially since we spent like an hour on the disney investor call and in like a previous episode and that wasn't on there nope it was not on there at all and the crazy part too is that this is so we have four shows now gentlemen we have the mandalorian disney had announced uh what is it? Was it uh, New Republic Rangers or was it Rangers of the New Republic? I think it was one of the two. I think it's Rangers of the New Republic. Okay. And we have Ahsoka and we have now the Book of Boba Fett. So there's four shows all in the same exact uh, bubble of time that are just going to be going at the same time. They're all at the same time. So they're like the CW superhero shows i guess you could say where they're all occurring at the same time and you can now have crossovers this is disney's first chance to cross over at basically a dc or as a cw or mcu level type of thing where it's like oh they're all going to work together on this so they could guest star in each other's shows but i guess to go through them one at a time mandalorian season three what we think comes next and i agree yeah i, I agree with you guys uh mandalorian heavily mandalorian season where i think we will see the ruins of mandalore we will see that whole thing i think obviously because if boba and fennec left and came back on slave one uh and basically bo katan got a (laughs) imperial cruiser (laughs) you know yeah so i think they're all still there except maybe kara and i guess taking uh moff gideon I, I like he blanked on his name for a second there. I guess she'll take him to the Republic and I feel like he'll sit out the entire third season and then he'll like come back at the end or something and become like the villain again for the fourth season. That's like pretty much my prediction for it. But uh, I think that, yeah, they'll take the cruiser, go back to Mandalore. we will see the tall Greek Mandalorian dude again because he was cool uh, and you'll get all of them and it's going to be the whole politics shit. But maybe we'll get the Forge Master back as well from the first season and you know how they said most of the uh mandalorians were dead uh for the most part like out of all the uh i guess the the, uh, the mandalorian characters but i think one of them lived and that one i'm trying to find the uh let's see let me see if i could find the exact listing here for his name 
Uh, okay, here we go. John Favreau's character, Paz Vizsla, uh, who is, you know, the heavy guy with the jetpack who, remember in the third episode of the first season, uh, when they're flying away, you see the jetpack oh, Mandalorian who's like salutes him and then flies off. And he's like, that was uh, Paz Vizsla. That was John Favreau's oh, character. Oh, that's right. You told me about that. And yeah. Paz Vizsla, uh, first name doesn't really mean anything, but Vizsla is actually the dude who was in charge of Death Watch uh, in the Clone Wars and then was killed by Darth Maul. Oh. So this dude could be one of his descendants or like one of his relatives. So we could be seeing him again, which would be really cool. I don't know if they'd actually do it, but that would be uh, really, really dope. Uh, Yeah, and... I think we'll get, yeah, we'll get into the politics of it, but I have one hope for it, and that is, please, for the love of God, obviously, Mandalorian is the main character here, please don't kill Bo-Katan. Don't, don't kill Bo-Katan. <laughs> I, I need Bo-Katan alive above all else. Don't kill Bo-Katan. That's all I want. Um, but otherwise, I really want to see how they get into this, but I think they'll, I, I hope they do a, I still, I really like the mix, where I'm hoping season three will be over arching will be mainly mandalorian focused on that culture and their whole world and stuff and the politics but i also still want like a couple of just like hey i'm on so-and-so planet doing random adventure with random people and like that stuff still going on of like the weird western yeah, stuff yeah i you hope know? they don't lose the influence um of that you know of that type of uh i don't know what to call it it's not source material but um yeah the samurai western kind of feel yeah it's sort of like a, a feel exactly yeah. it's a feel because i know they talked yeah. about in the making of the show um going back to like george lucas's playbook and like watching you know the movies um that you know according to him like inspired star wars in the first place um and like trying to not look at it as a show where they're like writing inside of a universe that they have to like obey certain rules in but rather like a universe that is supposed to be inspired by like certain sources um and, and just look at it from that perspective because i feel like that's the thing that happens all the time with um you know anytime like a property is purchased and becomes like a big cinematic universe like um there's this need to like play it safe and like just make everything look f- familiar and feel familiar to the audience so they don't ever get out of their comfort zone and it's like and you can you can push it too far uh, or not push it far enough as, as we've seen with the uh, star Wars sequels uh, where you've got the extreme comfort of episode seven, where everything is exactly as you remember it uh, to the point that it's almost annoying. And then eight, which is so different plot wise, but like visually still has all of those elements that are just copy and pasted from other movies. Um, It's like, there's so many ways it can go wrong. Um, and I like that this show has struck this sort of nice balance of like, we're just not even going to think about it. Like, I feel like as long as we continue to make this a space Western, we're okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. But any other uh, predictions or hopes for season I'm three? I'm thinking at the end of season three, season three is going to go almost entirely like you kind of said, where it's focusing on the Mandalorian culture and the planet and everything. Something's going to happen where i feel like they're gonna have to like grogu's like too iconic at this point i feel like he's gonna come back in some way shape or form um i don't know it's weird it's it's tough because 
I mean, it's exactly like James was saying, where it's like it, it, they've given him a perfect goodbye, and you don't want to ruin that by like tread, like you know, kind of uh, backpedaling and like bringing him back in, you know, only to say goodbye a second time, like later on in like a season or two. Um, yeah, that would kind of ruin the the whole point. But I also feel like I don't know. It's scary. They've created a, an iconic baby character. And the audience loves baby characters. And I'm sure Disney is like, give us more baby because we need, you know, merchandise with the baby on it. <laughs> yeah, like how many, like, Grogu dolls have they made well, so one far? Thing that I, I, I looked so many. Up, um, uh, no kidding. Um, season one, apparently, um, despite what Disney wanted, um, whoever was in charge of, like, marketing stuff, like, insisted that there be as little Grogu like or the child mar- merchandise as possible, official merchandise. Mm. Um, and I, I was like, yeah, that actually is true. In season one, it when that was like first premiering, it was hard to find because they wanted to make sure that like as many people could get like organically introduced to that character as possible without having to like see it on like a shirt first. Um, and I was, mm, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that that's wise. So it, it shows that they have the ability to resist and like put storytelling yeah. over profits but i'm worried that at this point it's like too deep and disney's gonna be like wait a minute you telling me you're getting rid of the baby our biggest thing like everybody loves the baby <laughs> like <laughs> current ceo bob check chapik has like uh liquid uh dollar bills just being siphoned through an IV into his skin going why is it <laughs> yeah. slowing down huh? is gone <laughs> Boys, baby, my metachlorians. Yeah. I need more so money chlorians. Money chlorians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just hope that they don't like. I don't know. They say we see this happen sometimes, where the the studio executives will say something like, "Oh, but the focus audiences say that they want the baby back. So exactly. put the baby back. Just do it. I don't care if it makes sense. Just do it." And I I just don't want them to ruin something that they already had like such a good end to just because oh but people want it yeah i don't know i I, yeah i just yeah well pretty much all the same there and there uh let's hope that they show some restraint i know they just want to hump more money but god just hold off guys hold off damn it uh wait till season four i i I feel like that's gonna be it season four grogu will probably be back in some capacity but i'm thinking that yeah the whole season three is gonna be without him and then just to make sure that they can like tease people they might put him like in the last episode but you know what actually this is a huge thing to bring up i didn't even consider this uh you know how there was a thing with disney plus where like you could um with certain like packages or like sign up deals you could get like a a free year um or you could like sign up for a year at a time Mm -hmm all of those initial deals all ran out exactly as season two finished because uh, my parents had one and they said oh. the day after the last episode came out th- their deal ran out and it was clearly timed like i'm sure that with season two they were like okay we have to get it so that the last epi- episode comes out right as those deals run out because we need people to either like stick with it and commit or like drop it you know and we'll give them a good f- finale to to leave on if they want to leave um but otherwise you know if they want to stay then they gotta pay um you know again um and so i'm wondering um if maybe because of that 
maybe you know uh maybe they can rationalize like john favreau and dave filoni can say okay well as leverage a lot of the people who are casual viewers are gone um the hardcore viewers are still going to be around we can make the show whatever we want we don't need to pander to anybody um we have them already you know if they've paid for another year's worth then you know they're in it for the long haul regardless of whether or not grogu is going to be in the show uh so they might be able to get away with like not putting him back in and and you know disney's okay with that i don't know yeah otherwise uh the other shows guys for i guess rangers of the new republic uh do we think it's going to be Kara as the Kara Dune as the uh, protagonist played by uh, Gina Carano? Or do we think it's going to be a whole new band of, uh, I guess, former rebels or Republic, basically, uh, officers that are in the Outer Rim, basically trying to maintain or restore order? Oh, it depends order. on whether or not anything happens to her contracts or whatever because of uh, some of those freaking tweets. <laughs> oh uh, right i forgot about that yeah I, I did hear that like she is getting harder for like disney to employ because of social things long story or whatever. short and I, oh sorry i didn't i didn't mean to cut you no i, I don't know what the story yeah, is. yeah i have no idea behind that i forgot so completely if you if you can elucidate it, long sure. story short I, I can't quote any specific tweets and i don't want to like spread misinformation but from what i understand i, I looked at them all um a little while back when it was happening and it sounds like she's like well she's she's clearly like conservative and there's like nothing wrong with you know having conservative political views but she was just voicing them in like Mm -hmm. a very like like in a way that disney would clearly not like she was like saying some very vague tweets Mm. that like insinuated that she was like maybe like a covid denier you know like claiming like it's it's a hoax but like she was so vague about it that you you can't really glean a lot from it uh, other than like she's very much against the current like you know state of everything with having to you know quarantine longer and everything and it just kind of came across as like weird and it's like what are you trying to say she opened up a a parlor account uh which is that um you know conservative Uh, social media site started by the proud boys founder and and was kind of getting a little conspiracy theory e like on there and um i don't know it's kind of blurring the line between like how far can you i don't know what what's freedom of speech and what's like uh invalidating your contract with like you know making your employer look bad and so nobody really knows what's gonna happen true <laughs> uh i guess we'll see especially just because you know disney's like we laid off twenty eight thousand people or now thirty thousand people and they're also like Open up Disneyland, California. We said know, open it. That's the thing. Is like, and yeah. so I think she might be shielded a little bit if they're working on yeah, that I kind of stuff. Yeah, I can't ride on her too hard if that's as far as it goes. Because then again, it's not as if like Disney doesn't also like desperately want like COVID to be over and is always doing like everything in their power to get people True. to you know come to their attraction so i really don't know um yeah and, and again i don't want to you know rag on her too hard when i don't know the full extent of it um because it could again just still be like nothing but vague <laughs> like nonsense yeah yeah i'll, I'll keep i'll, I'll keep a, a neutral opinion until yeah i mean I, i'm just i really like her character um and i, I yeah, I yeah. she's cool it's possible i yeah, same. I really like Cara Dune as a character. I just think she's got like so much style and like she's such a badass. Uh, 
And I like that she ends up being like basically like the sheriff of, of like that town early in the season. And it seemed like they were setting her up to maybe be one of the new marshals of the Republic, or at least, you know, the guy off. She got the badge. Her, yeah, the badge or, or whatever. So that's why I assumed when they announced the, um, uh, oh God, I, I already forget the name of the show. The, yes. Rangers. Ra- Rangers of the New Republic. I assumed immediately that it was going to be like, oh, that's what they were leading up to uh, with her thing, with interaction with the guys. She's going to have her own show, but it is equally as possible that they could just do a show about general like Rangers of the Republic, not necessarily her. And maybe they were just setting up the concept of the Rangers. I Potentially. Don't know. That's a, that's what I'm wondering. Like, cause if they do her, I don't know if it's just going to be her doing, going solo. If you're going to have a like, Carl Weathers more in it as grief cargo, or you're going to have like other partners where it's like, here's your partner. It's space cop, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but who knows? Whereas now uh, the other show, Ahsoka, I think it's very easily clear what we're going to get from it. We're going to get the end. The primary antagonist will be Thrawn. And yeah. we're going to, I think, get two other Rebels characters in this. Beside, actually, potentially even Hera. Uh, Syndulla, who's like the Twilight pilot. But uh, I think besides, of course, Rosario Dawson as a second, which I'm so excited for her to have her own show. That's going to be so cool. Uh, but Sabine Wren is going to get cast for live action. That has to happen. You're going to have Sabine Wren come in, who is another big character, who is uh, uh, another Ren, uh, another basically Mandalorian character. And you will also have... Uh, I think she also actually has a relation to the Vizsla family line too, if I remember correctly as well. Uh, but also uh, casting for Ezra Bridger, the Jedi Padawan from Rebels, who is probably a lot older now and you know it's funny a lot of people are uh fan petitioning for him to be played by rahul Cooley, which is funny uh you know you'll know him as uh, yeah, uh robbie from izombie uh so huh. that'll be interesting but uh you guys have anything for the ahsoka show pretty much i think that's like the whole layout of it is her and sabine probably looking for those two yeah no i'm excited for it excuse me like i said earlier uh since i've been i finally got through clone wars and i'm watching rebels now ahsoka is like one of my favorite star wars characters now because i just think she's so interesting and i thought rosario dawson uh played her extremely well in in her episode i thought it was perfect casting so you know i was initially expecting them to maybe uh go over the thrawn stuff in the mandalorian until they announced that there's just a full-on Ahsoka show happening. So I was like, oh, okay, so that's... They were setting up that show, not, like, a thing later on in Mandalorian. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see more Ahsoka. I'm excited to see Thrawn in, in live action. And even, like... I just think that that's a really cool direction for a show. Or at least so far. Yeah. I, I'm just hoping that uh, with all of these shows, um, it doesn't have the um because clearly they're trying to model it after like the mcu style you know connected universe um and i think yeah. that something that i worry about is um like good, good example i guess just to kind of you know put put the point uh into like context like my parents uh really wanted to watch uh avengers endgame uh when it came out 
And I was like, okay, well, how many uh, Marvel movies have you seen? And they're like, we've seen uh, Iron Man and Captain America and Guardians. And they got like just all like the really like kind of base level, you know, easy to watch casual viewing ones. And I was like, okay, you're going to be so confused. Like, oh my gosh, you're not going to be able to watch this movie. And so I had to give them like homework on like movies to get caught up on. Like the the ones that I kind of deemed most vital to like understanding the plot. And then they went and saw it and they enjoyed it. Um, but we, were, we got in a huge discussion about like the bar for entry. Uh, you know, they, they got so deep with uh, the Marvel films that it was like, okay, if you didn't keep up, like you just can't, you know, watch this very easily. You've got to do homework or just stay with it. And I think what scares me is like there's so many new shows coming that it worries me that like I mean I'm gonna keep a Disney Plus subscription. Um, me and my girlfriend share one. We don't have any you know cutoff date or you know expectation of you know getting rid of it. Um, plus she's like a huge Disney fan, and so I'm like okay I'll I'll keep up with these shows as best I can, but I do worry for like my parents because they you know lost their Disney Plus subscription because of the cutoff date. And they're like, well, okay, we'll, we'll just reopen it when Mandalorian Season 3 comes out and pay for it for like a couple months. Watch that, cancel it again. You know, that, that'll be our whole deal. And I'm worried that like these shows will become so intertwined that like if they don't keep up with at least some of the other overarching stuff, they're just going to get confused. <laughs> so I'm really curious to see how they connect them together because they're definitely gonna. Um it, it's just yeah. a question of how much i'm sure it'll be good i'm excited for the ahsoka show because i feel like it'll be a great like you know people have compared uh, ahsoka and ray ever since they you know tried to market ray as the first strong female protagonist you know in the star wars universe and everyone's like hang on <laughs> um so i'm sure that you know it bringing it to the mainstream with a live action version will help a lot of people be like oh i get it i, I get why people like this character and that's great um and i'm super yeah. excited for her. uh and so um, I look forward to that for sure out of all of them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just like, oh my goodness, how much crossover is there going to be? <laughs> how much am I going to have to keep up? Because yeah, they've got a, just a smorgasbord of new content coming out. It's going to be a lot to digest. Yeah, definitely. that is definitely a potential problem for newcomers to the to Star Wars. Like if you just wanted to watch Mandalorian... You know, the first season is great on its own. Second season is great on its own, but better if you have some of the like backstory stuff for like Ahsoka and uh, some of the other things. But yeah, if they keep doing this and they and they already have like you know four more shows just directed directly tied to the Mandalorian, you know, is is just watching the Mandalorian going to be as satisfying for someone who doesn't watch any of the other Star Wars stuff in the future? Yeah, I'm I don't sure. know. That's I think they're question. also going to they're going to time it just like I will say really fast. Uh, look at how they're positioning their now basically MCU within Disney Plus. You have this month we're going to get WandaVision. Mm-hmm. As soon as that season ends, like literally as soon as it ends, like the next week, they have the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. As soon as that one ends, you have the Loki series. So they're all lined up where they don't make you choose you're just they're just like yeah just tune in and watch these weekly shows like you normally would and it's like i guess because there's so little like you know some shows i guess are like 23 episodes and you get like 16 in the season you're basically looking at like probably eight episodes for each of these shows too so they shouldn't be too bad to get through and then they're going one by one so the reason i like Disney Plus shows, just like I like HBO shows and FX and stuff, is they're all very 
limited. They're not overperforming. Like, if you're a 30-minute comedy show and there's 22 episodes, I get that. That makes sense. If you're, like, Arrow or Flash and you have 23 episodes and you're an hour-long show and you're like, I'm really sweating through this season. I'm really tired. Like, I, I there's so much bullshit. I don't want this. It's like the others have it down to a T right now because it's like less is more. They keep all of the important shit so you're never really taken out of it. You're just constantly in there. And they don't keep you there too long either for you to lose interest. So it's just that right amount of time. So I think if they keep that up, uh, they should have it pretty much good. And the fact that they're switching from show to show basically just goes like, oh, it's a different ride now. Just jump on that ride. And it'll be like a nice refresher because it's a different character. It's a different set of people at least. So I think they got that going for them in their advantage, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's like kind of what uh, you and I were talking to uh, our friend Miles about this. And I was kind of like expressing the concern about like too much content. And he was like, well, he's like, if you think about it, kind of, I guess, playing devil's advocate, like, yeah, as long as it's got something for everybody, like it, you know, yeah. they can maintain it. Uh, and, and if it, if, if it, if it gets confusing, you know, that could be a problem, but if it's got enough to like, you know, keep subscriptions active and keep like the entire star Wars fan base, you know, of all varieties and all kind of viewpoints on how the series should be, uh, steered and what characters she get focused. As long as they're all happy, like eh, as far as they're concerned, that's a win. So, <laughs> Yeah, especially like they're kind of like comic books in a way where it's like DC and Marvel. They they have all these different ones and sometimes they cross over or they reference something from another. And you could be like, oh, what's that from? But you're also like, it doesn't look that important. I'm just going to keep going. and It doesn't really matter that much. They could treat the same way with these shows and same thing where the comics do, where they do some stupid massive crossover event thing. And then they go buy every single comic book if you want to know what's happening. And you're like, no. <laughs> Like, it could be the same thing for the show here, too. So I think, if anything, you'll see people, even though they're not probably comic book readers, they'll probably be acting the same way as one of those would, where they, even though it's like, to fully understand the story, you have to watch all these, they'll still just be like, yeah, but I'll just watch this one. I don't really care that much, like, when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. But I guess we'll see. Uh, I guess before we bounce, guys, Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. It's called books, so I'm imagining, like, almost anthology style, maybe? I don't really... I was thinking it might be just, like, a limited series and just cover, like... Instead of it being an ongoing show, it's just one season, one one story. Oh, like like uh, Obi-Wan? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like that, that show's going to be a limited series, yeah. Um, I just... I, I, I was saying this before, but I'm kind of thinking... Well, first off... It's being worked by the same team for Mandalorian, so Dave Filoni and John Favreau. But there's someone else there that's going to be overseeing the show too. I think who's also I don't know if he's going to be directing, but he'll be basically one of the showrunners. And that is the man who directed that Boba Fett episode, Robert mm. Rodriguez, will be now in charge of this show, and I am so excited for that. I'm like, oh my god, yes. Which means, guys, I have one. I have two things in this. One is a, a requirement. I require the man Danny Trejo be put into Star Wars canon in this show somewhere. He will be in this show as it is the Rodriguez show. And you will see Danny Trejo either as an alien 
or as Danny Trejo, who knows, maybe this is actually, we're finally getting the third Machete movie. Machete kills again in space. This is Machete so, kills again in space. It's finally going to happen. I know this would make no sense because uh, Marvel is owned by uh, Disney, not DC, not DC. DC is not owned by Disney. But he looks like you could just slap white paint on him and he's Lobo. Make him Lobo, the oh God. Uh, the, the bounty hunter. <laughs> Make a <laughs> Lobo-style bounty hunter in Star Wars. God, no. Well, we'll see what he does. He's just going to be... I'm I hope he doesn't die. They always Lolo. kill Danny Trejo and everything. He better not die in this, I swear. But uh, him and then I think, because they pulled off Luke, guys. They pulled off Luke, which means we could potentially get the man that ended up putting Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit in the first place. I think we could potentially get Han Solo to maybe briefly, but still appear in this show. In what version of him? Maybe it's an aged uh, uh, Emmerich uh, that played him in the Solo show. Uh, they could do that, or they could do uh, a de-aged Harrison Ford. I'm not really sure, but that's even really expensive because he's a lot more expensive than Mark Hamill, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, and it'd just be the same thing of like, ah, oh, there's another movie. But I, I, I just, I think there's potential that they could have Han Solo in this in I this think they uh, would. series. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, again, we another big gap. What the heck was Han Solo up to between the time that, uh, you know, uh, he was in Episode Six and Seven? Because uh, what he, he just goes to yeah. back to being like a like a smuggler and trader um it would be interesting to to see him make a little appearance uh, yeah and i don't know who who would play him uh, if if it was um what's his name from the the movie you have to be aged up yeah either age him up or age him down one of the two you got to do one of them but we'll see otherwise uh any closing anything everyone's good like i think like there's nothing even to say otherwise this season was nah. fantastic like that's it. yeah like this is for like i keep saying i want to watch it over again from start to finish just this just this season because it's every episode is so good on its own but then like as a whole it just like it each episode builds on top of the previous one except for maybe that second episode where it's mostly just like you know frog lady and mando run away from spiders yeah <laughs> so god uh, anything from you Tyler? very satisfying as somebody who liked season one uh i think it was you know an improvement and i think for even the people who didn't like season one like i knew a few people who were very much not into the format and uh, who yeah. really really turned around and liked season two a lot better um I, I think they really hit the nail on the head for you know really finding their their stride and uh keeping the pace up for what people were you know hoping and expecting um and i hope they keep it up with the next season but uh yeah i was very satisfied yeah awesome all right boys that is it i hope everyone enjoyed this uh very expanded special uh covering mandalorian season two uh we'll be back this month of course every week again back to mainly just normal news plus uh one Every month now we'll have one week where we're just going to, instead of talking even about news, we're just going to go all into a backlog of what we've been playing and watching because the amount of movies I have on my list to still talk about is stupid long. Uh, otherwise, uh, one news piece. By the time this comes out, I think we'll still be on there shortly, but 
on January 7th, which is this coming Thursday, uh, we will no longer be on SoundCloud. Uh, we're, no, we're no longer distributing through there, so you won't be able to really get new episodes there anymore. Potentially, I might be able to see if I can work something out where you can maybe get the newest uh, the newest two episodes. Otherwise, uh, just because there's like a very, very small space portion for non-paying people to utilize SoundCloud, but we'll see. Maybe I could still keep us on there, but otherwise... I would say good look elsewhere. Otherwise, we have switched officially to Podbean, where we now will be distributing through there. So it's very heavily uh, enforcing, I guess, like backing into Apple Podcasts, which that and Spotify will be our main two platforms for the most part, but we're still on Google Podcasts. And now we're on the Podbean app. We're also shortly but surely joining many other apps, which next episode will list them all off. The, but basically, uh, look for us will be coming to everything from Pandora, Amazon, uh, something FM. There's like 20 different FM things or something, I forget. But basically, we're going to be, even though we're losing SoundCloud, we're joining like up to around like 10 new platforms. So we're going to be much, much wider available to other listeners now. So we'll see how that goes. Otherwise, of course, if you want to uh, contact the show, you can at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. You can send us any questions that you want us to read on the show. Send us any feedback you want to give us, whether it's positive or negative. We'll take it either way. Uh, if you want to follow the show, you can on Twitter or Instagram at sutrasidetalk. If you want to follow James on Twitter, you can follow him at invadergem124. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at gogocomzilla. If you want to follow Ty on Twitter, you can at It's Titanic, yeah, right? Yeah, I-T-S-T-Y-T-A-N-I-C. Uh, I post uh, little visual effects art pieces from time to time. Uh, sometimes talk about movies and post stuff from, from my work. Uh, yeah, trying to get in, uh, in the habit of making new art pieces, especially in the new year. Yeah, new year, new <laughs> you, you know? It's... Uh... I get some best card. Lord knows I've got plenty of time. But uh, <laughs> sit around myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, his his uh, Twitter account will also be in the uh, show notes there too, so you'll see it uh, typed down there too to check it out. But otherwise, uh, it's been a great time. We'll see you guys next week, and also look out for uh, this Friday as well. Will be the fourth episode of Up to It, Down to It, where we're going to talk about. Uh, movies we want to improve uh you'll you'll like our listings there let's just say they're very uh they're pretty good picks i think and of course uh the second week of january on a wednesday the 13th we're going to release our first pilot episode of our new show suture sidewatch where we analyze movies and it's going to be me and uh brandon el paso brandon from uh the apollo city comics podcast and we're first issue or first episode is going to be on a uh, fight club and maybe hmm. look later in January for a very new series that's going to be limited that'll be on the DC Cinematic Universe, or I guess the DC Extended Universe, but that'll be uh, near the end of the month, but we'll see how that goes, because that's still being worked on currently, but we'll we'll see. Otherwise, uh, have a great week, everybody, and have a great new year. Yep. Thanks for listening. <laughs>